everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 285 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm here to host the show, but we're also doing a Sifted Fantasy draft today. One of the biggest news stories, probably from the last like 10 years, dropped right before the show. Activision Blizzard is being purchased by Microsoft. We're going to discuss that. It's going to be insane. The next three hours are going to be insane. Alongside me for all this insanity is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? I don't know. What happened in the last 15 minutes? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It was a scramble to get ready for the Microsoft yeah. uh, Activision Blizzard thing to get it in the show. Yeah. It is in the show. We're going to discuss not, it at like, length. I woke up pretty late today, and I looked at my phone, and everyone in every text and chat <laughs> I had was talking about the, the Activision yeah. Blizzard thing. And there was a moment where I'm like, am I still asleep? Like, yeah. I, was like, I, was like, I actually rubbed my eyes to like look at the, the link with the title. I'm like... Microsoft did what? I know. Like, I thought it was like I thought it was like a. I'm like, is it April Fool's Day? Yeah, it's a little like, early for that. What are you? Big big news. We're going to talk about it at length right here off the top of the show. A couple things to get to before we do that, though. Uh, first of all, ask Shane anything. This Saturday we're recording a new episode. Um, for those of you who pledge seven dollars or more per month at Patreon.com/sifted, you can be a part of the recording. It's basically just a podcast that I host with all of you guys. Uh, that'll be going down on noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Look for all the deets on that on our Patreon leading up to the show. Um, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, which is the fantasy foot or fi- the fantasy video game league that everyone can participate in, should be live right now. We've hmm. <laughs> been working on it the last couple of days. The plan was to turn it live right at one. It should be live right now. Um, so anyway, if you guys got in that last year. It's a fantasy league for video games where you pick 10 games. They're weighted, so your first pick is way more important than your 10th pick. Just so you know, the winner last year was the only person to have all 10 games released in the year. Everybody else had at least one game missing, so just be conservative when you're picking your games. I will have promotion up for that at sifted.net a little later today. Um, so if you guys are like, oh, I don't want to worry about it right now while I'm watching the stream, totally get it. There'll be promotion pushing to the page uh, later on this afternoon at sifted.net. A couple other things about the broadcast today. Um, so we're going to do game phase. Initially, I thought it was going to be really short. Hmm. <laughs> I know people laugh when I say that. Um, but initially, we thought it was going to be really short. And then this news drops about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Uh, but we're still going to try to keep it a little short because we have a couple things to accomplish today. One is an episode of game phase. Again, hopefully a little shorter. Then we're going to stop the stream. Well, we won't stop the stream, but we're going to go away for about two minutes, set up everything for the Sifted Video Game Fantasy Draft, and then come back and do that. And then Matt and I are actually going to, off air, we're going to have a discussion about Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, He and I have been playing it for a while, and the embargo is tomorrow. So we can't talk about it live on the show today on the stream. After the stream's over, Matt and I are going to discuss it. It will be in the archive of the show tomorrow. So for those of you who watch the stream every week, and there's a ton of you, and it's awesome, and we appreciate it. But for those of you who do that, um, there will be a bonus segment in the archive of the show tomorrow discussing Rainbow Six Extraction. So, so much to get to. Matt, I never get nervous doing this show, ever. Hmm. But I was nervous today. Hmm. 
Like when you when you got here, I was like kind of frantic. I was like, I don't know what it's like to have anxiety, but I think this might be kind of like it. Like I was panicking a little bit. A lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of moving pieces, and I'm sitting here as kind of like the DJ of the show, like running the clips and the graphics while I'm trying to have an intelligent discussion with Matt's. And when shows like this pop up, the pressure is on. So hopefully everything goes well today. If I make a mistake here or there, please forgive me. It is a lot. For one person to have on their plate. Normally for a show like this, you'd have a show team of like five people doing all this stuff. And it's just me. So if there's some little mistake here or there, please forgive me. I'm doing my best here. Um, I wish I could hire a staff of five people to run Game Face. That would be awesome. That's just not where we're at. So again, Game Face, five minute break, sifted video game fantasy draft for 2022. Then we take the stream down and then Matt and I record our discussion on Rainbow Six Extraction, which will be in the archive of episode 285 when you guys all watch it tomorrow. One other thing, I know it's crazy. Um, We're about to launch a brand new podcast on Sifted. Um, It is going to debut on Monday. It is short. It's gonna be 20 to 30 minutes, but it's going to be every day. I don't wanna ruin too much about it. I want you guys to kind of be surprised when you check it out for the first time. It is gonna be audio only. Um, So if you haven't hooked up your Sifted Radio podcast feed yet, I highly recommend that you do that. But it is going to be a podcast that is launched every day. Um, Well, Monday through Friday anyway, not on the weekends. But every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there will be a podcast sitting in your podcast feed first thing in the morning. That's the other important part of it too. It's going to be first thing in the morning every day, Monday through Friday going forward. I'm really excited about this. I'm nervous about it like everything else right now. <laughs> Apparently I'm completely insane right now. Um, but I hope you guys like it and you better check it out on next Monday. And now I think that's really it. I think I think it's time to kick the show off proper and we're not gonna keep you guys waiting. We're gonna kick things off with, as I said at the show open, probably the biggest news story in the last maybe decade. Can you think of another one that's maybe bigger? Um... Not really. Yeah. I mean, that's the gravity of what we're talking about here. <laughs> in terms of like, you know, especially in terms of things that would like send reverberations out beyond just the industry and into the kind of the financial markets in general. And, you know, this will be reported on mainstream news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without any question. This yep. is, you know, this is, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything really. It's, uh, I mean, this is the end of a, I mean, not the end. It, you know, Activision is going to continue as a subsidiary of Microsoft. I was playing Activision games on the Atari 2600. I know. Like, Activision's they been there forever. They were the best games for the Atari 2600. Oh, yeah, they had that weird carpet, cartridge shape. They looked a little better. Yeah. Cosmic Arc was they were great. They are the best. They were all great. Microsoft, Pitfall, Microsoft should do a new Cosmic Arc. All of them. They were yeah. all great. They were you River, saw that. River Raid, my favorite Atari, yeah. Atari 2600 game. Yep. Made by a woman. Was, yeah. yeah. So, this is big news and something that strikes a chord with Matt and I going back to our very first days in video games. We, yeah. have, I was an Activision fan. I was probably... Activision may have been the first gaming company I was a fanboy of. Mm-hmm. When you saw that, <laughs> that weird silver cartridge with a little yep. lip on the end, like you knew that was going to be, gonna be one quality. of the good ones. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be one of the trashy games. So this company goes way back with us before it was ever a part of Blizzard and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of uh, emotion, I feel, from this story. And the base of the story is that Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, mm-hmm. as Pactor would say. Billion that's 60 with a B. Yes, almost 69 billion dollars. Yeah. And that is where I think you need to bring in the whole, you know, cuz people's like billion, million, da, 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 as the old uh, comparison thing goes, uh a million seconds is about 3 months. Right. 
and a and billion a, seconds is 33 years. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, the difference between yeah. a billion and a million is a lot. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, though, I do want to thank people for Twitch Prime because we ask you to do that. And if you do do it, I want to make sure that we bring it up. And I saw some people were contributing. Darth Irv, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Casey Wright, thank you for Twitch Prime. Who else got in here? Talimper, Mitch Sikorsky, thank you for Twitch Prime. Casuality, thank you. Anyone else? Vincent, dropping bits. Thanks, man. That's awesome, dude. Um, what else? Anyone else? Uh, classy Mr. Bartow, Panda Jerk 007, Ptor91. How you doing, Ptor? Hope you're doing good. And I think that's it for the top of the show. Everybody, a lot of people subscribed in last week's episode because we finally came back from the holidays. Okay. Let's get back to this. Let's talk about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. So, Matt, you can see the lower third there. It says game over. Mm-hmm. Am I being overzealous with that lower third? In What game is over? Um, Microsoft owning the console space. No. No. Not a chance. Okay. Sony's still there. I, I, I think Sony will become more of a boutique thing, but I do I think this is going to cut into the way that you know, PlayStation 5 is doubling the sales of the, of the Xbox? No. Yeah, not this generation, maybe next generation. Really? Yeah. Okay, so let's actually, maybe it's better if we talk about what the implications are of it. So, Activision Blizzard owns Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, mm-hmm. Overwatch, Starcraft, Crash Bandicoot. Do they own Spyro still? No. They don't. I think someone else owns Spyro now. Okay. Um, those are huge IP. That's huge IP. Yeah. Um, why? Who does own Spyro? Maybe Activision does own Spyro. I can't remember. I'm not, I can't remember who owns Spyro, honestly. I know they own Crash, obviously, <clears throat> which has turned out to be a hugely successful IP somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Crash fan, but a lot of people do like Crash, and the recent games have sold extraordinarily well. So, Matt, are all these properties, and Microsoft has been a little cagey about it so far as far mm-hmm. as what it's going to do with the IP. All it has said really is that the two companies will operate independently until it happens. Right. So they're not going to tell Activision what, Blizzard what to do until the deal is signed, yeah. sealed, and delivered. And that could take two years. Could it take that long? Yeah. Oh, okay. That adds a different angle to it for me then. Um, yeah, you got to, I mean, probably, as presumably it's been approved of it, but like the actual merging company, you know, when, when we were merging Comcast and NBC and NBC Universal, um, that, t- that took at least two years. That was like from the point where it was announced, it was happening publicly yeah. to the actual like okay, we are NBC Universal employees now. It was almost two years. Now the Bethesda deal that took what six months from the announcing it to yeah. sealing the deal. But and Bethesda is a smaller company. It's smaller, but two years maybe seems a little long. Might be, but like I don't also like there's tons of stuff in the de- development pipeline like that. <laughs> development pipeline. Um, like, does this mean Overwatch Two is not going to come to PlayStation? I mean, Probably the bigger not. question is, does it mean that Call of Duty is no longer coming to PlayStation? I mean, I think it, well, yeah, I think that it won't. I think, but I, will Warzone be discontinued on PlayStation? Probably not. Will the next, you know, and it's also, free to play. And I don't know how long it's going to take for that Call of Duty, the next Call of Duty to be exclusive. You know what I mean? Like, that might be two years from now. Um, eventually it will happen because you don't spend $70 billion on something to give your competition content. Um, but like it might be 2024 before the first exclusive Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Call of Duty is only exclusive to Xbox and PC shows up. Do you think though that? And then you're gonna have a lot of uh, uh, 
Call of Duty bros on PlayStation who don't pay attention to the news being like, Where, where's <laughs> Call of Duty this year? Why do I need an Xbox to play Call of Duty? I mean, I think the messaging will get out there, though. It will. And how powerful do you think that is, though? I mean, look, both manufacturers have had trouble getting enough consoles out to consumers. Um, neither one of them, I mean, granted, you know, PlayStation 5 is outselling it roughly two to one, the Xbox Series X right now, but the lead isn't that big because neither has been able to produce a lot of consoles. So once this news is out there and the average Joe knows about it, do you think it impacts their purchase decision at all? It probably would. I mean, I think uh, there are definitely people who only buy consoles to play Call of Duty. Yeah. I don't think they're the majority of the audience. But you are talking about probably selling Xboxes or maybe, you know, those those people generally don't have gaming PCs. Um, You're probably looking at selling a lot of Xboxes to people who would not have otherwise bought an Xbox because they want one game console to play Call of Duty on. And that's all they care about. But then you start talking about the other stuff, the other IP. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of compounding there. Yeah, there's some there. It depends what they do with it. Like. Um, like, does this mean Diablo 4 is only going to be on Xbox and PC? Maybe. Maybe. Like, that's far enough down the road that it, they could theoretically do that. Yeah. Um, Overwatch 2, you got to wonder, like, are they not going to support, you know, there are there, clearly a lot of work has already been done on every version of that. Are you just going to throw away the PlayStation work? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer to that. A prop, maybe? I don't know. Like, the question is, like, do you think that's going to win you any favors or win you some Xbox purchases? Or do you think it's just going to piss off a bunch of PlayStation players who might then not ever buy your stuff? Do you think Call of Duty is going to be day one on Game Pass? Could be. I mean, it kind of has to be, right? I mean, after the merger is complete, like, theoretically, that is their party line that everything first party goes on Game Pass the first day of the day of. That's an interesting question. I mean... It, it, again, my mind is just swimming. Buy an Xbox, subscribe to Xbox Live Game Pass, and play Call of Duty without pay, spending 60 bucks every year. That's a pretty fucking good deal. You pay for your console in, in the five years, yeah. just not buying Call of Duty. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. And then you start thinking about all the other IP. It's like, this doesn't hurt PC at all, obviously. No. There's PC still, gamers are going to be the same the deal. There. It's not going to change, other than the fact you'll probably get all these games game pass on stuff, Game Pass. Yeah. Um. But PlayStation owners, I mean, here's the other thing, Matt. Some of the chat people are asking, do Warcraft subscriptions get added to Game Pass? Mm. Like, do oh, you wow. get access to World of Warcraft just because you're a Game Pass subscriber? That's a that's possible that's too. A question. Yeah, it's <laughs> there's so much to consider. Mm-hmm. It's almost overwhelming. So, and it you, is a big bonus for PC Game Pass. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of where you can get your games, like PC, obviously they're already on PCs. But in terms of like. Diablo 4. Yeah, suddenly suddenly, PC Game Pass just got real good. Like, yeah. Diablo. Here's, the, here's Ever- the thing about Activision Blizzard, is that it really is kind of a PC developer. Listeved making it rain over there. What'd you say? Oh, Listeved, thank you, man, for gifting all the, the subs to our Lest- audience. Le Steve D. I don't know. Like, I don't remember. Did he tell us how to pronounce that? He didn't. I just say Listeved. Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying it for but years. But his name's in there, so maybe it's just Le Steve D. Le Steve I don't know. D. It may be, yeah. Um... Activision Blizzard is primarily a PC developer. I mean, let's be honest. It's Activision's console support has fallen off pretty drastically in the last five or six years. We're mm-hmm. get, we get stuff here and there like Crash or Sekiro, um, Crash Team Racing, stuff like that. But it's not really a prolific, in Call of Duty, obviously, but it's not really a prolific console developer anymore. No. It's really PC-centric. But, yeah, but also if you... 
like the thing about this is there's so much IP that Activision owns they just don't do anything with. Right. And Microsoft wants to exploit that. They can, you know, they, they can hand that out to other companies if yeah, they want. Yeah, you know, that's can, true. You want know, you want a crash game made by, uh, you know, Rare? Yeah. See what it that looks happen. like? Yeah. That could happen. Um, crash Team Racing by Turn 10. Like, make them do that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Or uh, Playground. Right. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff works. Crash, crash might crash in his carts might show up in Forza Horizon Six. Yeah, who, fucking, who knows? So that's kind of my question, though, is because Blizzard it dominates most of the development between Activision Blizzard, and Blizzard is pretty much a PC mm-hmm. developer. Maybe that's a reason why the it isn't game over. Mm-hmm. Some of that. I mean, I I don't think the things Activision holds makes it impossible. I mean, and there's other factors too. It's like like Sony, you know, Sony's system is going to be even more of an exclusive, like a boutique console, as mm-hmm. they say. You know, you're there for their content, first party content. But even then, that first party content is trickling onto PC now. It is after the fact, but mm-hmm. you know, but it's still there. It's still going to be there eventually. It looks like. And the God of War port was really good by all you know. So it's not like a Horizon thing where it was kind of broken and had to get be like they're getting there. Like yeah, like if this doesn't move the needle for Microsoft. Is Andy any Monahan act- makes another good point. Toys for Bob is included in this. They, you know, yeah. they made all those really cool games, and, and well, here's, uh, here's the list. that's a really big get for Microsoft. They don't have an equivalent of that. Here's right the list now. of studios: so Activision Publishing, Blizzard, obviously, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major mm-hmm. League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, King's Ra- a big one, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch, and any other small team yeah. that's there. Tony Hawk. I mean, um, this is this is insane. Yeah, how and do you that, even come up with a price also, for all this? Like, how do you get know. to that number? Apparently, you just imagine numbers until <laughs> one gets big enough. Um, also, like uh, Microsoft could take some of those very talented teams and take them off Call of Duty ki- Kitchen Patrol. You right. know, like they, like High Moon Studios is too good to be stuck making maps for multiplayer shit. Yeah, like. Put them back on some. Put Raven back on some stuff. Yeah, let them do some things again. Like that would be great. I'd love yeah. to see those developers become developers again, and not just cogs in the Call of Duty machine. It. I don't know. It, it feels like this. And Sony is, can't do anything in response. It to can't. This. Like it can't I've afford. seen people. It's like, oh, Sony and Nintendo will team up, and I'm like, no, they won't. What? Like Nintendo would never do that. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't need to do that. Why would Nintendo? I mean, Sony's kind of the weakest hand yeah. right now. And also, like you know, and the same thing with like you know, Sony should buy Square. I've seen Sony should buy Ubisoft. Sony, should, Sony can't afford to buy any of that. People like, don't they get don't it. that kind of money. Like, don't they don't it. have that kind of money. Sony could never pay. 69 billion dollars for anything no it doesn't have 69 billion dollars it might not be worth 69 right. billion dollars. like as a whole yeah i <coughs> it's hard for me to see how this isn't going to affect things big time i do think that you're right in a sense that it will take a while before the tide starts to turn but the first year that call of duty is exclusive to xbox i feel like that's the moment mm-hmm that's when all. That's when everybody. Oh, it will definitely be a, a, a sea change. That's when no everybody gets it. When, as you said, some people who don't use websites like Sifted or whatever mm-hmm. and don't know what's going on in the industry. And like, Sneaky Charlotte Snake does make a good point. Like he says, I will take Sony's games over Microsoft even after this. I agree. Yeah. Like I'm not disagreeing yeah, with that for sure. But for the people who aren't in it for like kind of the art of the thing and the boutique of the game kind of thing, like. Um, who have to pick a system, 
Call of Duty being on that system is going to make a big deal. It's I also make, think make that too decision that decision pretty easy for a lot of people. I also think that eventually Microsoft's first party offerings are going to be as good as PlayStation's. But again, yeah. it's two years still down the road. Like yeah. as we at the same time, even looking two years down the road for all the you know, and there's something you know, obviously there's a bunch of stuff they're working on at Microsoft that I'm excited about and interested in. Do I see anything that could stand toe to toe with God of War Ragnarok? No. No. Unless Hellblade becomes unless something. Unless Hellblade becomes something. Unless Fable becomes something infinitely beyond what we're expecting it to be. Unless, yeah. you know, like, it would have to be, unless Starfield comes out of the gate in a form that we just aren't aware of. Like, unless Avowed is a home run on the level of Skyrim on their first try. You know, like, yeah. stuff like that. In ter- but in terms of, like, what I'm, in my head, what I'm expecting and picturing, like, God of War Ragnarok to be, like... Microsoft doesn't have anything like that in, no. in the stable. Uh, there's you got there's a few franchises that Sony has that I don't see Microsoft competing with immediately. Mm-hmm. But I do think in a couple years that question will at least be on the table and then you have the whole lineup of Activision Blizzard in addition to all those other first party studios starting to hit Bethesda finally starting to talk about the next Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. like it it feels like it's this little pebble this rolling down a hill covered in snow. And right mm-hmm. now, it's only rolled over a couple times. But in two years, it's going to get to the bottom yeah, of that hill, two- and it's going to be a freaking boulder. Yeah. And it may not like make a big difference to maybe me or Sneaky Child Snake or people who, who like have certain interest in game. But it is going to make a big difference in the wider market in the industry as a whole. Like, it's There's no to- bigger casual franchise than Call yeah. of Duty. There's no better way to message to... Most players mm-hmm. who purchase games that hey we're we're in the driver's seat now. Yeah, and Dan Boy ninety makes an interesting point. Is there a, is there a point at which Sony Microsoft realizes Sony is so over the barrel that they come and say we like to put Game Pass on on PlayStation? Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen though. Maybe not, but like they may ask. If you you at some point you could maybe strike that deal for a really advantageous sum on Microsoft's yeah. end. I would be curious, and I don't know this. I think Sony would be too insular and proud to take that ever. I am curious. Like, I don't know this figure off the top of my head of if you look at a platform holder, what percentage, and it's different for each one, obviously, but what percentage of, like, Sony's revenue comes from its first-party games versus Mm -hmm. the licensing fees it gets from third-party game sales? Because I I think people will keep buying PlayStation hardware to play PlayStation exclusives. Yeah. Well, here's, so but here's the thing I if would you lose all your third party sales. Right. How much does that impact you? Well, here's the, th- if I were Sony and I can't afford to buy square or take to whatever, my number one priority right now would be turning Grand Theft Auto 6 into an exclusive or a timed exclusive. Whatever you got to give them. Whatever you need to do to make it so people have to own a PlayStation to play Grand Theft Auto 6. Because $2 That billion, is your only move right now. $2 billion is a lot cheaper than $69 Right. Billion. right. And you're right. If you want to keep your head... And we mentioned this. Yeah, we did talk about Like that a few before. months ago. Like what it would take to make Grand Theft Auto exclusive. And I think we settled in at like $2 billion. Yeah. And that might be worth the investment for PlayStation mm-hmm. to lock down the next Grand Theft Auto exclusive. Unless Microsoft beats them. Right. And Microsoft does And they it. could. And it could. It could totally happen. It could buy Take-Two. I think what everyone's understanding right now... And if you think Microsoft's not on the phone to Square... Like, hey, you want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two? We have that one timed exclusive. So you got the, the first one was timed exclusive, or maybe not timed exclusive because it still hasn't come to my to Xbox. Yeah, Xbox <laughs> to Xbox. My yeah. mouth is very weird today. There's too much to talk about and not yeah. enough time. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm trying to get things out as quickly as possible too. Yeah, we're all doing like a micro machines commercial. Yeah, because there's a lot to get to. Um, 
I guess maybe the bigger question that a lot of people maybe want to hear from us on is, is this wrong? Is this a monopoly? Is this an antitrust issue? Is no. this bad for the industry in general? I mean, it might be bad for the industry, you know, as a as a trend. Uh, it is not a monopoly. It is not an antitrust. Yeah, there's thing. still dozens and dozens yeah. of publishers out there. Um, the va- the real value of Activision is IP. Um, Activision does not. You know, that's the thing that people don't get with monopoly stuff. Even when they accuse Disney of it, it's like it would be a monopoly for Disney to buy Fox if Disney then owned all the means to create movies. Right. You know, yeah, like if you if you wanted to make a movie and you had to go to Disney and get cameras from them, that would be a monopoly. That doesn't you cannot have a monopoly on ideas. Um, and basically what what Microsoft has done here is they paid sixty nine billion dollars for a bunch of very successful ideas. And theoretically, I mean, in the, in the capitalist free market uh, sense, if you want to compete with that, all you need to do is have a better idea. Yeah. Which is not actually true in you know that's true on paper. It's not true. In it the doesn't really work out that way, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it would be bad to end up with you know Microsoft owning all the third parties and Sony and Nintendo sort of doing their own thing in the shadow of this monolith. Um, well, the other thing too is that Microsoft has been far more apt to work with Nintendo yeah. than it has been to work with PlayStation. Yeah. And part of, I don't know how much of that is Microsoft. You know, like Sony just doesn't want to do anything with anybody. Right. Like Sony's yeah. very hard to deal with. Yeah, it's like the closed garden with Sony. Yeah. Even people who like just work with them on like a like a tangential sort of PR or marketing basis have stories of how hard it is to deal with Sony. Yep. Um, to the point that it's just like just tell us what we're doing, <laughs> and they right. won't. It's very weird. It is weird. Um. And Nintendo, even Nintendo, you know, you think Nintendo would have a similar, but they don't. Like, you know, I, I don't have, I don't know any horror stories of working with Nintendo as kind of a contractor or a PR person or a, yeah. or a freelance thing. Like that all, you know, Sony is the one. Well, what I, I do know about Nintendo is about. it is run by Japan. Yeah. So Sony, though. Yeah. And whatever Japan, Nintendo of Japan says, Nintendo of yeah. America does it. Now, the so. trick is that I think Nintendo of Japan has a much better idea of what they want to do and where they want to go than Sony of Japan does, or Sony Entertainment, Computer Entertainment Japan does. Um the as successful as the PlayStation division is, it always feels like they are sort of I don't know. Like there's 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 a there's part of me that wants to make a comparison to Microsoft a few years ago where like you just felt like Microsoft had three games and they were just doing the same thing over and over and sort of coasting and you're like, Why are you coasting? Like on Microsoft something? did for eight years. Yeah, straight. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Microsoft doing. But like now they're do like Sony's doing the same thing, it's just that they have much higher quality games they're to do it coasting with. on. Yeah. Right? Um, and a bigger variety. It has more franchises. Yeah, bigger variety. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not two shooters and a racing game. But they're also every five years instead of every right. two years or every year in some cases for Microsoft. Um, what about Bobby Kotick? Appear- apparently there were there was a rumor that he was going to stay. Now there's a rumor that he's going to go. Oh, there is not. A ch- if I paid $70 billion for something, then one of my first things to do is to get rid of Bobby Kotick. They're also saying um, he's going to get paid out $17 billion oh, by sure. this sale. I mean, a lot of the reason this sale happened, I'm sure, is because the uh, alleged corporate shitheads in charge of Activision had no interest or ability to fix any of the issues. Uh, how, about, how about this irony, Matt? The, and now they're all going to get richer and right. bail out and never have to worry about right. it again. These executives created this toxic environment working there. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to sell the company using that right. as an excuse to sell the company, mm-hmm. which is going to pay them untold riches. Yep. The net result of, of of allowing these things to happen to his employees is that Bobby Kotick gets $17 billion richer. I know. 
It's insane. And that's the end. That's That, to me, is a part that sucks. That's the game over. Yeah, it is. Like, I don't feel like this is a monopoly at all. If anything, I feel like it's just kind of putting Microsoft on equal footing with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still dozens and dozens of publishers out there that PlayStation can, can buy if it wants to. Um, I would say that this is Capitalism 101. That mm-hmm. If you have money, it's a lot easier to make more money. And Microsoft has finally decided to show everybody how much money it has. We've been telling people on this show, Microsoft has more money than God. And it's one of these statements that you make that it just kind of flies. Those over. executives did not make that a $7 billion company. The employees made that a $70 billion company. What, is someone trying to say that yes. it's the Yes, one Supermaster Gamer, that is not what happened. <laughs> the executive didn't do shit. No. Oh, man. No. Supermaster Gamer must be a CEO or something. <laughs> I mean, I technically am, and I still would never say that. But I think what we're seeing now is something that people ignore when we would say it. It's like, you don't understand. Microsoft has more money than you can even comprehend. And, like, we were, we've all kind of been sitting waiting for them. Like, okay, like, when are you going to do something with it? And now they are. And it's not illegal. It's not dirty. You only think it's dirty or wrong if you're a PlayStation fan. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a PlayStation fanboy, you're pissed off. You're like, that's not fair. That's not right. That's the only people who feel that way. Anyone who's ever worked in business or worked in capitalism knows this is how it works. This is what it is. And we Look, we haven't even brought up like King and Candy Crush. Yeah, Bobby Kotick did make that company what it is today, and that's the problem. Yeah, and now he's using it to bail out on it and get rich. The billionaires don't need your defense, kids. Yeah, they really don't. Knock it off. <laughs> Bobby Kotick can cry himself to sleep on his huge pillow money because of the mean things I said about him. Fuck that guy. <laughs> well, I will say this. Pactor defends Bobby Kotick a lot, but, you know, Cap- Pactor well, is Mr. Capitalist. Well, I haven't drunk whiskey with Bobby Kotick, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but again, it's capitalism. That's all it is. You love it or hate it. That's the way it works. And I don't hate it. Yeah. But I do hate them. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, those guys that, you don't, that did that. Here's the other thing, too. You don't have to be dirty to be successful in capitalism. You don't. No. Like, we're not hearing no stories come out of Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how so, in the world did some of those guys not have that? I don't know. You know how did this story not leak? That is an excellent question. I mean, how does this not leak? I'll tell you, actually, I'll tell you why. Because uh, this this isn't game development. This is big business. Yeah. And that doesn't leak. That's true. The NDAs on that have jail time attached to them yeah. sometimes. Like, the, yeah. like, this isn't like somebody left a laptop with an Assassin's Creed concept art like on a plane. Like, this is this is the big shit. Yep. Yeah, you don't you don't hear about this stuff because of legal restrictions that are outside of the deal. You know, like you had to you, they had to go through government approvals to get this stuff like that. that. That stuff is real serious. So, Matt, let's fast forward three years from now. What's going to be happening in three years? I mean, presumably most of the Activision IP that has then been started development or or, you know, projects of it have started since the purchase or since the purchase started to, to kind of the merger started to begin will start to become released only on. Microsoft's chosen platforms. Yeah. Um, and that will be that. Um, will that matter? I don't know. Like, like, does it matter that Diablo 4 maybe doesn't come out on PlayStation? Nah, not, not really. Yeah. A little bit, but not much. Like, if this was a different situation where, like, Microsoft was only Xbox, and this meant Diablo was leaving PC. Like, if you wanted to play Diablo 4, you had to buy an Xbox. That would be a bigger deal. Mostly, I think the 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 trick here is that Call of Duty is going to be only in the Xbox environment uh, after a certain amount of time. 
uh, and that is a sea change. That is a thing that may not matter. I mean, is, is that going to affect me at all, personally? No. You don't play. Not it. at all. I don't play yeah. Call of Duty. Um, but it's going to affect millions of other people. I like, saw someone in chat say that um, it takes a lot of money and a lot of marketing to reach the mass audience to message this. But it doesn't. All it takes is that first Call of Duty release only on Xbox. That's it. Mm-hmm. As you said, people who don't pay attention, that's when they will have no choice but to know. Mm-hmm. When they go to try to buy Call of Duty on their PlayStation 5, it's like you don't have to pay for any marketing or any messaging. It will happen all on its own. As soon as people are like, oh, it's November 10th, time to go out and buy Call of Duty at GameStop, and they get there and they're like, no, bro, you got to buy an Xbox yeah, if you want to play you, it. But you also want to plant those seeds early, I think. Yeah. You, you want you everyone. You don't have to, though. You don't have to, but that's a instead of pulling the rug out from someone who's gone to the store to get their game, you should be broadcasting across NFL games for an entire month, like only on Xbox. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it would be ideal if this deal had happened you, before this generation launched. Because then you would have let people make their decision. But you're Now just, people own PlayStations who may be gigantic Call of Duty fans. They're salty. They're going to be real salty. Like... I don't know. Like some of the, like, a lot of people have to make a choice. One way or the other, you'd be salty one way or the other because like you can't find the fucking consoles. Right. Like well, that's only, the other the problem. The funny part is not that many people have been that's burned. The other yet. problem with your <laughs> that's the other problem with your uh, scenario there is do they have Xboxes when they right. walk into the to store to get that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> same. I mean, it's the same deal with PlayStation right now. That's so. one of the main reasons I want to pre you know make that clear months in advance that Xbox is the only place you can play Call of Duty now is so that people can start trying to find an Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, hopefully by 2024 or whatever. You would hope. You'll be able to <laughs> just walk into a store a and get an Xbox better. and a PS5, but like, yeah. who knows? Yep. I want to go to chat now to see what you guys think. Matt's been kind of keeping an eye on it, but I've been trying to keep the discussion going. Um, but let me bring it up real quick so people can see what you guys are saying about it, because you guys matter too. And um, I want to see what you guys have to say. Um, some, some, something tells me anyone who defends billionaires is probably from America. That's from Ashes in the <laughs> Hourglass. That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, um, too quick Capri. Haven't bought an Activision game since Diablo 3. Liberal hack Kotick is a trash person, but he's a good business person. Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. In three years, the Xbox will be outselling the PS5. Do you believe that? Maybe. Nox or Nitus. This isn't about console sales. No, it's about people subscribing to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's about making money. <laughs> and however you do it, Microsoft's not concerned about selling a chunk of hardware anymore to make money. It's like they just want you to keep giving them that recurring payment every month. Um... These executives are bad persons, but if they were so bad at business, the board would have got rid of them. No, see, one Supermaster Gamer, that's what you're missing. Mm-hmm. So they install... This is kind of what's happening yeah, with our elections. the board of Activision <laughs> was all of Kodak's buddies. This is kind of what's happening with election boards all across the United yeah. States right now. You have one crew installing their cronies in positions of power to protect them. So what happens if, if when Bobby Kotick is the CEO of Activision, he gets all his friends to be on the board so that he has base, basically mm-hmm. a buffer zone against anything. Um, again, and capitalism all the de- 101. Yeah, and all the decisions those executives make mean nothing if they are not executed well by the people getting paid jack shit with no unions at the bottom of their brungs. Yep. They, those people made that company worth $70 billion just as much as Bobby Kotick did. Yep. Um, and they got screwed for nothing out of it for the most part. Most of them don't even work there anymore, and he's going to get $17 billion for covering up what happened to them. So, 
Yeah, I'm not too willing to give him a lot of credit for that. Liberal hack, I have a PS5 and PC and don't play Activision games. My only concern is the damages Sony... Is this damages Sony to a level where they have to scale back their initiatives, new studios, scaling existing ones up, etc.? I don't think that impacts any of. I don't think it'll impact any of that, honestly. Not immediately. Yeah. Like, not Cirque. Thank you for Twitch Prime, brother. Um, Yakov, does Game Pass vi- is it viable for Game Pass to support 31 studios? How long will it be until Microsoft starts to shut down studios like they did during Xbox 360 era? What franchises will die and what franchises will come back to life? That's a big question. Yeah. That would take us 30 minutes to answer that. Yeah. There is an element of, like, you got to wonder, like, 10 years down the road, now that they've seen which which of their acquisitions, you know, succeed and, and don't so much succeed, it's hard to believe there won't be a period of shrinkage. Calling. But it's yeah. smart. I mean, again, capitalism. Right. If you have a studio that's not performing, as long as you give them a legitimate chance to prove themselves... Mm-hmm. If they do not prove themselves, there's nothing yeah. wrong with cutting them. And, like and I feel like, like there's this thing that, like where where game developers, no matter how bad they are, are just entitled to a job. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's not how it works. Like, we're still living in a place where if you aren't good at making games, you should not make games. Yeah. And sometimes like, you you know maybe the, maybe the people at whatever company are good at making games, but the people who are you know the producers or the the project managers are not good at managing projects. Right. right. You know, there's nothing saying that Microsoft can't take the cream of those other companies' crop right. and fold them into other the, the other animators, com- the, the ones artists, that, the ones because the ones that are going to survive yeah. are inevitably going to be expanded because they want to make bigger and better things with them. So yep. hopefully they can do that smartly and humanely, basically. But uh, to answer your question, Yakov, yes, I think it can support 31 studios. Do I think it will ultimately? No. I think no. some of them will go away eventually. I think you are. I think Microsoft is very much in a a, uh, a period of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Um, most people who are most companies who do that uh, don't spend $100 billion in the process of finding that out. Yeah. But uh, Microsoft came to play, apparently. Oh, like, <laughs> more than came to like, play. I remember, you remember like back when people were saying, like, oh, the Xbox One's going to be the end of Microsoft. Like, that's the end. Yeah. Microsoft's going <laughs> to get out of video games. Oh, man. Nope. Bad takes. More bad takes. Um, no more consoles. It's like, nope. Um, Mitch says, I think it's extremely unhealthy for the industry. It makes me nervous of things to come. I don't understand why you think that, Mitch. It's bad for PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that why you feel that way? I don't understand the rest of it, though. Um, okay. Like, I guess if, if Microsoft then buys Ubisoft and Capcom and Square, I might be like, okay, who was left? Here's a good that'll from, be a little disturbing. But Here's a good one from Sneaky. How will Microsoft realistically get $67 billion back? Um, time. Yeah. Is this, to me, is like 10, 15-year plan. Yeah. It'll take 10 years probably to get the money back. At least. Um they're playing a long game here that I would love to see in the climate change debate. Yeah. I wish I could see the real long-term plan. Yeah. I wish lo- I could be, sit in a Microsoft meeting and see what the, the yeah, end game they, is here for 25 years And it's years interesting that they seem to still, because the, the rumor was, and certainly I think it was, um, um, who was it? Uh, who was the guy who, who was like the big launch guy? The guy who launched Xbox and then left the company. Ed Freeze? Not Freeze. It was... Uh, Seamus Blackley? Seamus Blackley. Um, I remember him saying something to GDC... In 2001, I can't remember if it was in a speech or if it was just at a bar, but he basically <laughs> said that, like, I think it was him. Somebody said that basically like in, like, 98 or 97, 98, like, uh, Bill Gates basically came to this team that became the Xbox team and was like, we need to own interactive entertainment. We need to own video games, basically, in the, mm-hmm. tw- in the 21st century at all costs. Like, do it. Like, I don't care what, you, what we got to do. We're going to do it. And, like, 
they seem to still be rolling with that philosophy. He was right. He was. He was right. <laughs> um, but that was like when people like, oh, my God, the Xbox One, the original Xbox is too big. Like, the other yeah. one nobody cares. Okay. And they're like, okay, we're just going to keep rolling. And then yeah. the 360 came out Huge of the gate hit. swinging. And cha- you know, Xbox One, flop. Online. And oh, okay. Then, yeah, okay, we'll just we'll d- pivot, pivot. <laughs> and then like, here we go. And then we you got, got, Again, it all comes down to the money. Like having that kind of money to make pivots. Yeah. Like, believe me, there are like five times I would like to have pivoted with Sifted. But if you don't have money, you can't do it. Right. It's like Microsoft is not necessarily too big to fail as a singular company, but they are big enough that they they don't have to let any element of their company fail if they don't want it to. Yeah. Like, they could step away from Xbox if they wanted to, but they clearly don't want to. Yep. Do you, ever, do you see in 10 or 15 years where there's like three or four companies, kind of like what Mitch was hinting at, like, in the future, is this consolidation going to mean that there's five gaming companies in like ten years? Well, no, because there will always be hundreds of gaming companies. You know, they're all going to be. Because what will happen is if they get absorbed, stuff. there's five other ones that are starting. Right, and the, yeah. and the indie ones will, will kind of take that space, and yeah. and some of those indie companies are going to become what we would think of, you know, as Capcom House, look at or uh, yeah, Housemark, perfect example. Yeah, or what, you'll think of those companies as like, you know, what we thought of what, what Capcom and Activision and and. Uh, Ubisoft stuff were in like the nineties. Yeah, you know they will. There will. There's a ga- evolutionary gap, and they will fill it. They will grow to fill it. Someone will grow to, grow to fill it. Yeah, and eventually they will be bought by some other giant mega corporation, and the cycle will start again. Um, the worry comes when you don't have anyone replacing right. these these big megaliths, and uh, there's no shortage of smaller. Game developers there's too that many. are there are too many to keep track <laughs> there's of. Too these many, days. but there's yeah. tons of. And we, you know, we always see them that are just like, um, you know, oh, those guys could make AAA stuff. Yeah, Housemark. We talked about will. it for years, and then Sony bought them, and they will. And they made. Because also remember so. that, like, you know, Activision being absorbed into uh, Microsoft also leaves like uh, a gap in the investing world. It does. You know, it's it. You know, because now that's part of your Microsoft portfolio, right? So now you're like, oh, what else should I? to look for it. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there could be a windfall from that yeah. going forward. So there you go. The biggest news in gaming for probably the last decade. I think, Matt, you and I both agree that we're, it's going to probably take a couple of years before we really see any kind yeah. of shifts because of this deal. Yeah. Um, but when which the shifts does, start happening. Which does give Sony some time to sort of move the defenses around a little yeah. bit. Like, yep. le- you know, they know what's coming now. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. It's going to be real interesting to see who ends up with GTA 6. It will be. That I mean, because that's be really like the only thing preventing that is Take Two saying no. Yeah, because I mean, I might say no. I might. If I were Take Two, yeah. even two billion, like that's maybe low. Yeah. <laughs> what you think about like, how much yeah. you can generate on all the platforms? Like, if I'm Take Two, like my attitude on that would probably be. I mean, you know, even if you offer me two, three billion, which is probably about right. Um, I want more. Maybe I want more. Maybe I think I might get more if I just release it on everything, and maybe. I don't want to piss off the people that aren't on the platform I'm making the deal with. Because like, if you are take two and you foresee that what Microsoft has just done is putting it in a position it in a position to lead going forward, right. you might want to be on that wagon. Yeah. Or you might just want to be like, I don't want to take a side on this. Yeah. I don't I don't want to show our consumers that we're playing that game. Yeah. And if because if because there's a perception if you're playing that game, you're not thinking of the consumer. You don't care that that consumer might have to then buy another five hundred dollar game console to play the game they want to play from you. Yeah, like that is a that is a PR consideration. And if you're take two and you know that you really don't need a, one of the, the advantages of being paid out to be a time to you get guaranteed income. 
You also it's guaranteed get revenue marketing. because they you pay for all the marketing. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about how many copies that game is going to sell at the same level yeah. anymore. And Take Two does not need to worry about, about that, that with Grand Theft Auto no. 6. Like, there is no. no concern over how many copies that game is going to sell. But it so. is kind of the saving throw yeah. for PlayStation at this point. Um, yeah, like, I don't know what, I mean, they'd probably, I mean, if I were Take Two, I'd be like, okay. We'll do that, but what else are you going to give us yeah. for other titles, they for hold other games, the, for yeah. non-Rockstar right. games? For they like, handle, like, they hold all the cards. Yeah, yeah, they have all the power. Big, big news, people. Sometimes doing Game Face on Tuesday works out great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a nightmare, um, but today it worked out because I'm guessing we're some of the first people to be able to talk about this on a podcast today. Uh, thanks for all the great questions, the great insight in our chat. Our chat is awesome. If you've never shown up for a live broadcast of Game Face on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Our chat is awesome, full of people who know the industry inside and out, probably know it better than you do, um, and they're all talking with each other like adults. <laughs> they're not arguing. They're all making points, and they're offering counterpoints the way that adults have discussion. So try to show up live for our show sometime. Also, people are giving away all kinds of stuff in the chat, so definitely worth it to show up. Uh, you guys knocked out of the park again today with your commentary about Microsoft. So time to move on. Again, this show can't last too long. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Um, Last week, we started our 2022 previews with Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Would have been great if we had waited to do the big three for this till this week. Uh, But we did cover them last week. And this week, we're going to tackle third party and PC, which are kind of the same thing, Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all third party stuff at this point comes to PC. Um, I did try to find some games that you should keep your eye on for this year that are only PC, a couple big PC exclusives. But for the most part, a lot of the games we're going to be talking about today are coming to at least PlayStation and Xbox. Some of them coming to Switch, but all of them are coming to PC. All right, we're going to kick things off with a game that I'm not 100% sure that this is coming out this year, Matt, but everyone else seems to be convinced that it is, and that is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Pandora, sorry. Um, you really think this game is coming out in 2022? It would be stupid if it didn't. Because the film's coming out? Yeah. Like, you released this at the end of the holiday season to coincide with the with Avatar 2. Yeah. To miss that would be real dumb. And it might, but it might. It might, you know, you, you can't, you know, you know, marketing synergy doesn't make you code any faster. So, like, you know, it might, it might. but I, I think the fact that they showed this last year, um, does help the idea that this is coming this year alongside the movie. Yeah, um, it would it would be real dumb to not synergize this with the the Avatar sequel. But would it be more dumb to do that or to delay a game that isn't good mm. by six months? Because I mean, it's James Cameron's film. That movie's still going to be in theaters like five months later. No, it won't. You don't think it will? No, it's not how anything works. If anymore. he has anything to say about it, it'll it be will. gone in six weeks, like everything else. Yeah, because it's not going to be. The phenomenon the first movie was. It's yeah, gonna it's, be a hit. it's almost impossible to do that anymore. No, the, the first Avatar was a unique moment in time, yeah. a perfect synergy of, of 3D tech and 3D, and, yeah. introducing people to 3D. Like it was a theme park ride, basically. Because yeah. you know what? No one remembers who any of these characters no, are. No I one don't knows, remember any of them. Who cares about I mean, I remember movie. them. I don't remember their names. No. Or... I know Jake is the main guy. I totally forgot that. And uh, <laughs> Neytiri is the main girl. And I don't yeah. remember any of the other Navi. And I certainly don't remember the the white haired colonel guy. Yeah, who's apparently coming back in the sequel. Somehow. How I don't know. He'll be like all a cyborg or something. Maybe. Now. 
Yeah. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they. I guarantee you, they want it out this year. Will yes. it come out this year? That I would agree with. Good question. Yeah. Ubisoft. The plan is definitely to put it out this year. Who knows? I would if be it'll surprised if Ubisoft released a really bad game. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, um, you know, I thought about this one for the for the the draft later. draft. Yeah. But like, yeah, I I don't fully believe it will make this year. I mean, I guarantee they want it to. I'm sure it's yeah. on all their planning documents that it's Q4 2022, mm-hmm. but we'll see if it happens. Yep. It is coming to PS5, PC, and Xbox One. For some reason, it's not listed as a Series X game yet. I'm guessing that will change by the time I'm it I'm sure they just mean, like, Xbox. Yep. It's on everything. Yep. Uh, next up, Ark Raiders. This is a cooperative sci-fi oh, shooter. Right, this thing. Um, made by former developers from some pretty big development teams that have struck out on their own. It seems like... Studios like that are like fifty-fifty, make or break. Like, well, what is it with? I mean, look, I I don't know. I'm just, I'm vaguely remembering what this is now. Um, what is it with studios that are do that? You kind of do the super group thing, and they make the most generic looking shooter thing I've ever. I guess like, yeah, you would think is, that they've been sitting on like ideas all this time yeah. that like their big studio wouldn't give them the green light for, and now this but is their chance. It's like, it's like they just rearranged the furniture in Gears of War and called it a day. I think the problem is is that. What you realize when you start your own business is the risk. Yeah. It's like it's easy to talk about doing brave stuff until it's your money on the line and your livelihood on the line. And then you have new considerations. And a lot of times these developers, maybe they do have that crazy, yeah. awesome I idea. Mean, it's pretty cool, but like it doesn't pop. You know, it doesn't jump out at me. Yeah. Um, and also, I kept thinking about like, I, this was just because I was looking at the Microsoft sale yesterday and like that Anthem was like $3.99. Yeah, and I'm like, God, I paid like seventy bucks for that, <laughs> and look <laughs> what I get. Not that long ago. No. Yeah, um, Ark Raiders is coming to PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Uh, no hard release date for it yet. I'm guessing it'll be Q4 because if it were coming earlier, we probably would at least have like a release window at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it looks cool. But again, one of my common complaints with a lot of games like this, I hate fighting robots. Mm-hmm. And it seems like all the enemies in this are. All right. That's the main thing I associate with this game is that you said that. I hate fighting it. robots. Yeah, <laughs> they might want to get another message out there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there are other things you fight in this, but in this yeah, I don't think trailer. you're getting on the box quote for that. Yep. <laughs> I hate fighting robots, sifted.net. Sifted.net. Yep. <laughs> uh, next up, the Callisto Protocol. This mm. is another game that's made by former developers yep. who worked at another former Dead Space studio, creator. Oh, former Dead Space it's kind of cool obvious. to see this stuff happening and kind of see what projects they're working on. But you're right. A lot of the times it just seems like they're very conservative. Um, this one, I would argue, isn't really. No, this looks more interesting. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because it's it's partly it's like what would the original creator of Dead Space done with the property if they hadn't been ordered to make it what it became by EA? Which right? was trash. Yes. <laughs> um and this looks pretty cool. Like I, I, I also thought about this for the game draft, and I just don't think it's going to make it this year. I that makes me nervous. We I, haven't heard anything about it for yeah. a long time. We got this one we got, trailer. There, there was another. There was another mention of it, I think, last year. But it was, it's you know, there's been no hint of a release window. I would not mess with date, it in a fantasy so, draft. No. Definitely not. But it is. It is definitely on my radar. It looks cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. But I agree. I do not think it's coming out this year. Um, it is expanding coming. the PUBG universe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's next gen only, by the way. Yeah. It's PS5, PC, and Xbox Series X. Um, so you can't play it on PS4 or Xbox One. Next up. Another good argument for it being after this year. Yep, absolutely. Next up, Dying Light 2. 
This game was supposed to come out last December. I had this on my fantasy draft two years ago. Yeah. I had it last year. Yeah, you had it last year. (laughs) Yep. And it's finally coming out. It was supposed to make it in December. It didn't quite make it. Um, But this is a safe bet for coming out in 2022. It already has a hard release date. Um, It's coming out February 5th, which is my birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, It's coming to Switch. It's going to be one of those cloud-style games on Switch. Um, it's also coming to PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Um, it, I mean, it's pretty much Dying Light 2. It doesn't stray that far from the formula. Mm-hmm. It has it has branching story paths, and like you can replay it a lot more than you could the last game. But if you played the last game, you know what you're getting here. It's a first-person action-adventure where you fight waves of zombies. Um, and the last game, they supported it post-launch for years and years and years. Um, I think a lot of people know that. I think a lot of people will be apt to pick it up knowing that it's not going to just disappear after like nine months or whatever. And there's going to be more content for them to consume if they really get into it and want to go for that quote unquote 500 hours for full completion. Um, This game's coming out soon, as I said, February 5th. So you might want to get it on your radar now. Yeah, it's just like three weeks away. Um, which is pretty exciting. Again, I checked this out at E3, I think Mm -hmm. it was 2019 or 2018, and it really impressed me. Um, So just take that for what it's worth. If you've been listening to me for a long time, I usually don't make statements like that all willy-nilly. So definitely want to keep an eye on. Again, it's coming out in like three weeks, and it's coming out for pretty much every platform. Next up, Elden Ring. Matt, I think you can uh, can Uh take the reins on this one if you want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, here's, this is our this is Dark Souls in an open world. Yeah, um, with uh, some Sekiro combat lessons. Yeah, and um, I yeah, this is uh, probably one of the biggest releases of the, of the first quarter if you're into this kind of thing. Easily, um, February twenty fifth. Yep. So also you know just a month away really. Yeah, um, pretty excited about this. Q one is gonna be amazing. Yeah, just amazing. There are so many good games coming out in the first three or four months of this year. It's almost overwhelming um it is coming to ps4 ps5 pc xbox one and xbox mm-hmm. series x no no cloud version of this for switch no, unfortunately not yet um not yet it might happen and uh i, I like a couple of people i know i'm just like okay so this comes out very 25th then in march i was like don't care yeah like there are people like this is this takes care of their gaming plans to like june oh yeah you know? i mean this game could probably it would probably take me the whole rest of the year to finish this game it might yeah <laughs> if i legitimately people i'm like, talking about would probably finish it like five times right whatever. right like, yeah like, if I wanted to stream Shane versus Elden Ring, I feel like that stream could last till the end of 2022. Jeff Green made good money out of that. Did he? <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe that's uh, that's what we need to do. Start having more Shane like people versus people playing whatever. Souls games badly is a whole sub-genre of Twitch. <laughs> it's a cottage industry on Twitch. <laughs> that I'll be glad to be a part of. Uh, but again, Elden Ring comes out February 25th. It's coming to everything but Switch. Um, it's from software in the open world. I mean... I'll even admit, you know, I played the technical test or whatever the hell they called it, and I still enjoyed myself for the most part. Um, I do not think if you really hate the Souls games that this is going to change your mind all that much, but there are some parts of it that do soften it a little bit. Um, But again, I love the art. I love the world that they've created for this. I love everything about it, except for just how brutally Mm -hmm. difficult it can be. Uh, But anyway, that's Elden Ring. Again, it's coming to everything. Next up. Gotham Knights. Matt, I'm still not 100% sure this game's coming out this year. Same. I'm way too um, nervous about it. I think Suicide Squad is, but I don't yeah. I don't know about this one. Because they haven't really made public declarations about this. No. Like they have. Like they haven't put stuff in their trailers. There is still an element of vagueness to it that makes it feel like they're 
firming it up somehow. Yeah. You know, it feels it feels like the dough is rising, but it's not ready to go in the oven just yet. It was and that supposed feels to come out like, last year. Yeah. Delayed, and now they haven't even given it like a quarter for yeah. release this year. That makes it me feel nervous. it feels like this thing might be having some some troubles. Yeah, I mean, I think if, since it was delayed and they didn't really give a hard new release date, it's definitely having troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what two player co op? Is that right? Yeah, it's just two, player two players. Co-op. Yeah, um, and they put out on the day they debuted it. They put out a huge chunk of gameplay, which was really encouraging. We were like, yeah. "Oh, wow! They're showing like ten minutes of gameplay already." Then yeah, it's probably it might, close to release. Also, like if I, you know, you might want to push this closer to the Batgirl movie. Yeah, um, which they just put a photo of the costume out for that. It looks great because um, like then the sort of you know Batman sidekick team thing will be a little more prominent in the you know zeitgeist. Um, it's, I, I think you're going to have a weird time, not necessarily a hard time, but a weird time trying to sell a Batman game without Batman in it. Yeah. I think the other part of it, too, is that, like, and I agree with you, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, absolutely coming out this year. Yeah. How close do you want this game to that? Right. And not in the sense, like, oh, too much Bat stuff, or too much DC stuff. Not, that's not it. Um, I don't think you want people comparing this right. to Suicide Squad. Right. Yeah. Because as much I'm not super interested in Suicide Squad, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a better game than this one. It's going to be way more polished. I can pretty much yeah. guarantee that. Yeah. And, and more look, kinetic. look a look a lot better too probably. Yeah. yeah. Like I I Won't see be a some, favorable comparison. I see some clunk even in the yep. footage of this, you know, that <laughs> isn't there in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I, I I agree with you. So, I'm saying it's 50-50 whether it comes out this year. Mm-hmm. That might be generous. Yeah. Yep. Uh next up, a game that just in this last week rumors have been swirling that it's in trouble. Hogwarts Legacy, mm-hmm. another open world game. This one's set in the Harry Potter universe. Trailers for this leaked out mm-hmm. before it was ever debuted. It's been a long road full of issues yeah. and mistakes. And you could and argue that this is the Harry Potter game that Harry Potter fans have always wanted. Yes. Um, yeah. Like go to go create your character, go to Hogwarts, and go to Hogwarts. You know. Yeah. Be a go hog wild. Storting at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Stort, storting at Hogwarts. Yeah. I don't know. But. Um, yeah, I think you're, you're. They're probably having some difficulties in terms of like getting all that. You know, that's a big concept to make work. Well, remember uh, in a satisfying, there was satisfying framework, and beyond that, um, you're dealing with the, the backlash to J.K. Rowling. Yeah, there was um, all there's all kinds of internal problems going on with the development of this, and yeah. the lead developer on the project. There was issues with him for a while. Yeah, he was he was part of the problem, and you've just got like um, a huge chunk of the Harry Potter fandom has no interest in giving money to Harry Potter anymore because they don't want to give any more money to J.K. Rowling while she is spouting her turf anti-trans nonsense. Right. And if I were making a big, expensive uh, project with that IP, I would be very nervous that I was going to lose tons of sales from people who will not give money to it. Yep. Um, and a lot of times, like, thinking about stuff, it's like, oh, they're going to boycott. It's like, a lot of times that's bullshit. But, like, the... the behavior of the Harry Potter fandom that cares about that kind of stuff has been so consistent unusually consistent for this kind of, you know, cancel thing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a genuine worry for this game. Well, I just want to give credit where it's due. The The word coming out that this game is in trouble is coming from Colin Moriarty. And editorially, we always give credit to people who break stories. That is his story. Um, I've not verified it with any of my sources at this point. Um, but take that for what it's worth. But the word is it's not doing well. It may get delayed again. We don't even really have a hard release date for this year for it yet. It's no. looking dicey as to whether it's going to make it. And the competition this year is, as, as you'll see as we keep going through this, the competition is no joke this mm-hmm. year. There is it, a lot of really It really might games. want to wait for a time it's a little less crowded. Yeah. Yep. Um, Maybe which is weird to say year. about the Harry Potter IP, but like yeah. that's where we are now. It's still fantasy. 
Yeah. And there's plenty of competition there. Elden Ring is competition for Hogwarts Legacy. Let's be honest. Uh, okay, up next, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. This is XCOM with Marvel characters. Um, initially, we thought it was going to feature a bunch of obscure characters, and it turns out it does kind of. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not familiar with this whole story arc. You had to kind of fill me in on yeah. it when we talked about you it. You will before. be more familiar once Moon Knight comes out. Yeah, like we're moving into this element of things with the MCU with Moon Knight and uh, Black Knight, uh, Kit Harrington's character from Eternals mm-hmm. and Blade. Come, like we were moving into the supernatural Midnight Suns element of Marvel in the movie in the movies, and I could not be more excited about that. Like, yeah, I'm that, cool with that, that stuff. Totally. Is really fun. Um, the early 90s Midnight Sun stuff with Ghost Rider and all that stuff was really cool. I hope Ghost Rider shows up at some point in the, in the MCU. Um, Agents, this game was also... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't out. count. Don't at me. This game um, was also delayed. It was supposed to come yeah. out early in the year. Now they're saying at no, the end of the Q3, year... Q3, Q4, which feels like a Q1. Yeah, it's um, a little dicey. But uh, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, this is who is this? I forgot the name of the company that makes XCOM. Uh, for Axis. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they get stuff done. They usually they do, do, but this is a big deal. Part of this may be like... This is bigger than any XCOM. Somewhat, but also, like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the delay was more due to the fact that they have to run everything through Marvel. Right, exactly. You know? Not yep. that they're having de- development problems, but it's, it's dealing like you with gotta, Marvel. You're yeah. dealing with Marvel and dealing with this version of the IP, and you're getting darker, and you're getting weirder, and you're getting, you know, yep. PG-13-y in yep. places, and we'll see. But it looks cool. Like I, I like this. This trailer's great. Things. Like the the mystic the armor on everybody is year. awesome. Yeah. Like after that, those rumors that like you weren't going to play as you know the X Men are in it, which yeah. is a nice. Thing. Um, the the rumors you weren't going to play as um, you know any known Marvel characters popped up. Like my yeah. interest really. And then this trailer came out like a week after that, and was yeah. just like, oh no, that's oh, a, wait a minute, everybody is. Like, what am I, what's, <laughs> of course they're not doing that. What are you talking? Yeah. I think the only real difference that they said from XCOM is that they can't die. Yep. Like, they'll just get knocked out for a couple missions. Which, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I wouldn't want one of my big favorite superheroes to die permanently. No, <laughs> came I, don't, up I don't think that gets you anything worthwhile. I mean, how do you kill Wolverine anyway? Yeah. He's, it's really hard. So, yeah, yeah that's um, that's coming. Let me make sure I check the platforms for that. Um, Switch, PS4, any, PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. So, everything. Um, next up, game called Multiversus. Ah, uh, yes. One of those games that got a lot of hype when it was first announced. There was a bunch of leaks showing off new characters. It's basically a Warner Brothers, Smash Brothers clone. Yeah, Smash Warner Brothers. Yep. Um, you still excited about this? We both were when we first saw it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. Yeah. I mean, it's free to play, right? Who cares? Is it free to play? I thought it was. I'm not Am 100% I sure, honestly. I don't know. Um, but the industry could probably use more Smash Brothers clones that are done well. Because mm-hmm. um, there aren't many. Although yeah. it seems like in the last year, there's been like three or four that have been announced. And this has the the, co- the co-op focus, which is an interesting right. direction. Yeah, you're playing with like one other person on your team, pretty much. And a lot of the moves are designed to work with the other player. Yep, together. Um, so it is a unique angle on it. I like a lot of the characters that are in it. They're definitely diverse. Yeah. Um, and they come from all different walks of pop culture. And I think that's got a cool part to it. But ultimately, it's gonna the proof is going to be in the pudding how it plays. And if it plays well, I think it'll have a yeah. chance. If it doesn't, it has no chance. So good characters or not, um, it won't do well if the fighting isn't great. But that seemed like a big emphasis of theirs. Like they're already talking about the esports angle of it and all that kind of stuff. So I think they have the right priorities on this game. Let's just see if they can execute it ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming to everything as well. Next up, Nightingale. This is another game that's developed by former 
dude who worked on a big studio and now he's working on smaller mm. projects. All right, this, I remember this. I really like the the aesthetic of this, like the yeah. look of this. I just wish it was a different kind of game. Because it's like a survival. It's like a team survival thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like a team-based MMO-style survival game. Build your homestead. Yeah. Start, like I want, I want, start I, a fire. Like, I saw this and I wanted like a single-player action Me adventure. too. It looks awesome. I, I still struggle to see how this stuff that they're showing in this trailer fits into what they're saying the game is. Um, but it's set, you're basically trapped in this alternate reality and the objective is to try to find your way back to your reality. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know how that's going to work with the MMO framework. It seems weird. Maybe they send you, if you get home, they send you to another server. Like, I don't know how that's all going to play out. But it definitely has some unique ideas. I'm just not a big survival guy. Yeah. And building my homestead stuff. That's just not in my well, I guess is this gonna, is this going to be um, similar to, um, what's that, Norse? Like Valheim, Valheim. I yeah. think it's gonna be like that. Which I played for four days and never went back to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably what I'll do with Nightingale as well. Yeah. I mean, I had friends who who played that for months, so it's definitely mm-hmm. you know it's a winning formula. Oh, it's a huge hit. Uh, so we'll see. And it's got a yeah, the aesthetic could could really work. But even the people I know who liked Valheim saw this and were like, oh, I was hoping it was gonna be like a single player action RPG or something. And yep. Nightingale is PC only right now, by the way. So this mm. is one of the games that I made sure to pull in just for people who are PC players. Um, it's not coming to any consoles as of right now, but I'm guessing it will ultimately, provided it does okay. Yeah. And, and by the looks of it, it'll do okay, I think, out of the gate at least. Yeah, but this feels like one of those things where it's like it might be a pretty minor hit or sort of a thing on PC, and then like maybe you'll get versions on consoles like a year or something later, and then yeah. it'll kind of feel like you missed the party anyway. It's possible. Especially with an MMO game. Yeah. Because you jump into that world, everyone, if you're put in with PC players. I mean, you wouldn't be. But, yeah. like, still, like, there's there, a lot of times when, like, the the MMO or, like, those crazes kind of come to console later. I feel like it's, it feels a little like you're, you're, you're getting there after everything already happened. Even though that's, you know, it's a brand new version of the game on a console. Yeah, but it's Kegs like, empty. Yeah, I don't know. Just, it's <laughs> just, <laughs> it, it's a, th- I don't know. It's a thing that if I've, I've felt a few times. I mean, it's irrational. But. Yeah. Um, next up, the game that I'm really curious about and I'm really nervous about, Sonic Frontiers. Mm. Supposed to come out in Q4. It's coming to Switch, PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. It's supposed to be an open-world Sonic game. I really question how that's supposed to work with Sonic. Um, the last, I mean, I haven't really enjoyed a 3D Sonic maybe mm-hmm. ever. I mean, I guess I've you, kind of enjoyed a couple of them, but they've never... You make never... a world the size of Forza Horizon and let you run around in it, I guess? I don't know. But there has to be courses, right? Like Theoretically, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just going to, like... You kind of see it there in that one shot. Yeah. It just appears like they've just kind of plunked a course down in I'm the I'm sure they'll be like, you start a story mission world. or whatever, and you'd have to go through, like, a designed area or whatever, just like any... Yeah, because there you thing. can see, there's, like, this open area, but then off in the distance, it appears that there's, like, maybe a course that you run on. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but... Well, I'm, they, might, they might still be using the thing where you go into a separate world to do the levels. Or that's whatever. true. You just walk through, like, some gateway or something. It might just something. be an open wor- overworld, and, you know, the, the dungeons are sonic levels i mean i'll say this like i they needed to do something because the way 3d sonic was going for years and years wasn't really interesting most players um they've sold okay yeah but they haven't really sold the way sonic should be selling they have got the the movies are giving it a shot in the arm though like certainly i've heard you know parents talk about sonic more oh, my nephews love forever. sonic yeah, now because of, of that movie yeah yeah and that sequel's coming a sequel that sequel was just like you just lifted that shit right out of the uh, the games. Yeah, like 
Idris Elba said he would not voice Knuckles sexy, and he lied. <laughs> no, that, if he did that, that's still a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Idris Elba doesn't have a choice. Right. It's yep. just who he is. That's the way but it like, goes. No, all that's, that, I mean, look, I'm not a huge Sonic fan, but like, um, watch. if I was a Sonic fan, I feel like if I was watching the trailer for that second movie, I'd be like, holy shit, they made a Sonic the fucking hedgehog movie. Like, it's... That is Marvel Cinematic Universe fidelity Mar- Sonic movie yeah. making. You know? like yeah, it, it, absolutely. This and what a change from that first one where they put that trailer out. We all had like existential horror from the weird design of Sonic. Like, yeah. what a difference. Here's, here's funny. This is, from our, this is funny from our chat. So one person says, how is Sonic still alive? And then three comments down, the last 3D Sonic game was a blast to play. Yeah. <laughs> just, I can't shows remember. What, you. What's the last 3D Sonic game? Was that Sonic Boom? I don't even remember. Because they just, they all just. Sonic Boom was awful. Sonic Boom was literally unfinished. Was that the subtitle, something with Lyric or. Yeah, Rise some of Lyric crap? or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I'm glad you had fun Sonic with the last Forces. Sonic Sneak. I never played Sonic Forces. I, I honestly haven't had fun with the 3D Sonic game, like a ton of fun, maybe ever. Like, some have been I like the, not quite as bad as others. Yeah, but I like the adventure ones. I didn't um, at all. Well, I wouldn't say at all. Like, uh, the first time I played Sonic Adventure 1, yeah, for like, the first, like, hour, I was like, wow. And then, not I like so the Adventure much, wow. 1 and 2. Uh, adventure loses a lot of steam when you have to play as Big the Cat. Yep. Um, and uh, I did finish it in Japanese. Um, back in the day, but uh, I think the last, it's, I guess, does that count as a 3D Sonic? Sonic Generations? Yeah. The one that had, it had 3D levels as yeah. well as the 2D level. I, that, I, that was my favorite Sonic game probably since the first one. Yeah. Like, I really liked that one. It had a mix of 2D Sonic and Colors 3D. was good. See? I didn't play the remake, though. You say good, I say not bad. <laughs> well, I mean, there is there is a curve when you're dealing with Sonic. <laughs> For sure. Um, but again, that's coming. Sometimes it turns into a loop, yeah. and you end up back where you started. <laughs> that is coming to everything, and right now it's scheduled for Q4. We'll see if it makes it or not. Uh, next up, Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger in Paradise, or whatever the hell the subtitle is. Stranger of Paradise. Stranger Final of Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin. <laughs> Just go watch Phantom of the Paradise and don't play this piece of shit. Yeah. This is coming out March 18th. It is coming to pretty much everything but Switch, like almost everything else we're talking about. Um, it is essentially like Final Fantasy Souls. It's Final Fantasy character action. Yeah, it's kind of challenging. Like you can only take a few hits before you die. Um, I wouldn't say it's as hard as Dark Souls though. I made no, progress it's... through this game pretty easily. Um, Chaos. Yeah, but and then what is the story again for this? It's like part of the first. It's like the it's first. A, it's Final a retelling of the first Final Fantasy side yeah. story, kind of though. But no, it's the main. It's the oh, characters, it the main... like the like the main villain from the beginning of Final Fantasy One is in this trailer. The but trailer. is it the same story though? Like it follows the same plot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. look, the Final Fantasy One barely had a plot. Right. So like, you yeah. can do whatever you want. Kind it's still of. Sort of it gives you to... some room to extrapolate yeah, a little you can, bit. As long as you hit those like five story beats, Big you can bumps. do whatever you want in between them. So that's I true. think that's what they're taking advantage yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I just I know they revamped a lot of it, but that first demo, like, I physically hate this game. I didn't like, enjoy playing it too much. And just the aesthetics of it, like the... And it's made by Team Ninja, so mm-hmm. the combat's okay, but, like, the story and the writing and the voice acting and everything's just kind of a little off. It's... I don't know. I don't know who this is going to appeal to. Uh, from what I can see, every Final Fantasy fan in the world, because everybody's, excited for everybody's freaking out about this thing. Okay. Yeah. I just figured Most Elden of the Ring... reaction to this is very positive from what I've seen. Wow. I just figured Elden Ring would take over whatever hype this game might have, but... Um, I think the audiences are very different. Okay. And it's coming soon, too. It's coming like a month after 
not even a month after Elden Ring. It yeah. launches March 18th. I, I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. That's the that's the bad guy. The guy that just jumped at the camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, Garland. I think his name is. Talked about this a little earlier. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Um, this is. We've been waiting for how long for this game from Rocksteady? Five, six years now? Uh, I mean, if you want to go back to when uh, Arkham, Arkham Knight, Knight came, came out, out, that was... Five years. Seven years ago. Was it seven? 2015. Yeah, I guess that is seven now. Holy moly. Yeah. So, they've been I know. Working. I know everyone thinks yeah. it's still 2020, but... Right, yeah. It's um shocking that it's taken this long for this game to come out. Like, they've been working on this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it looks cool. Like, I like cooperative games it is next gen only um so it looks really really good yeah, it does look very nice um the the footage that we've seen of the gameplay so far we have yet to see raw gameplay of this i should note yeah we've seen in-engine cut yeah. into things traits. that i assume are part of the gameplay but... and that stuff looks real slick yeah um i'm yeah. not a huge suicide squad fan but i will say this the characters do seem different from each other like extremely different from each other to play as and that's good for a cooperative game i think Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty excited for this game. It is pretty much set in stone to come out this year. They reiterated it again not long ago um, at the Game Awards that is coming out in 2022. It was originally supposed to come out like really early 2022. Now it's like mid 2022. Um, but you're not excited for this, is it? Because of what was up, what what happened with Rocksteady's last game? Somewhat. Um, also, like I just I don't care about the Suicide Squad really. Um, I like I Harley Quinn. Um, but I think this roster is incredibly boring. Um, Deadshot is not interesting to me. Uh, Captain Boomerang is not interesting to me. King Shark is funny, but I don't think that, like, I don't like playing big brute bruiser characters, so yeah. he's not an interesting character to play as to me. Like, basically, I'm going to play Harley Quinn, and that's about it. Yeah. And, like, I at least think that the roster should be bigger. Like, there should be more characters to choose. Or maybe there will be. Maybe that'll be the DLC plan. But, like... Um, but, I mean, they have to be in the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, I mean, there's t- there have been literally dozens of characters in the Suicide Squad in the comics. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the okay. Suicide Squad's been around since we were, like, ten. Yeah, I know it's been it's, around a long time, but you, I just assumed it had that same core of characters the whole time. No. I've oh, not no, no, read no, no, the no. comics so, like, Harley, all, it, so. it predates Harley Quinn by years and years. Yeah. Because, um, remember, Harley Quinn was created for the animated series in the 90s. Right, right, um, where she was great. And, uh... Harley's interesting in that she has not changed too much since her original inception. Like, that character yeah. was just a home run from the beginning. Well, it's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, the, the, you know, this uh, the original squad, I mean, Deadshot has always really been part of it. Um, and Captain Boomerang. But, like, you can pretty, almost, almost every villain in the DC universe who is not one of the heavy hitters. Like, you know, I don't think Joker or Luthor or any of those have been Suicide Squad. But anything B-list and below in terms of power level has been on the Suicide Squad. And you can probably bring them in. Um and it'll be interesting to have, you know, like Killer Frost or, uh, or uh, you know, various various villains who have different power sets who could be a more interesting way of synergizing with the other characters. But, like, obviously they seem to be trying to work in a way, like, that you know, that these, these characters' ability sets really interact with the world and interact with what you're doing. And so, like, that is a hard thing to balance and a hard thing to work in where you're trying to make this so asymmetric. So I understand why they did that, but it is still not particularly interesting to me. The rare game where you play is the bad guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, I do like the concept of trying to find a way to kill all the Justice League members. Like, that's an interesting angle on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can do some cool stuff, like what we did see. There, there should be more games where you play yeah. as the bad guy. You see the, I the don't gameplay, understand why there aren't more. You see the gameplay trailer of um, 
I mean, Star Wars does that all the time. Yeah. Uh, the gameplay trailer of um, fighting of uh, fighting Flash, like there's some interesting stuff there. Like Superman, sh- Superman should be terrifying to have to fight, and yeah. you know they're they're leaning into that in that trailer, so that's cool. Yep. Um, I can't imagine how annoying it's going to be to fight Batman if you do in fact fight Batman. Right. I don't know. Like, I think this is this is in continuity with the Arkham game, so I guess he's technically supposed to be gone or dead or whatever. But like. The boss fights are gonna be great in this, I think. Yeah, probably. I'm excited. I'm excited for this game. I think it's gonna be good. Somewhat. Be I just. Fun. I don't know. It's just. It's so. It's gonna have to win me over with what the game is. You know, it's gonna mm-hmm. have to win it. Win my heart with gameplay, and we're just not gonna know that until we see more. Or get to get our hands on it or something. Yep. Uh, next up, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. This is right now only announced for Switch and PC. Another game that I suspect will be eventually announced for other platforms. For some reason, right now it's just PC and Switch. Um, obviously the next installment in the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2D brawler franchise that I know from the arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably know them from the arcades as well. Obviously most of our audience has probably never been in an yeah. arcade. So. Arcade or the, uh, the 16-bit era, you know, they, all those, yeah. you know, they had Turtles in Time and, uh, a lot of hype Manhattan Project and stuff, you know, there, there was, this was a big, these games were a big deal for a long time and a, uh, modern reimagining of them is really cool. Like, you know, there, there's a... There's some depth to the combat in this. You can see it from the from the footage. Yep. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I did grow up playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cooperative arcade game way too mm-hmm. much. I spent way too much money on it. Um, and a lot of people were excited about this. It's been getting a lot of page views on Sifted. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, the, the turtles just resonate with folks. Turtles turtles forever. Yeah. Like they it's, – it's certainly at the time, if you were going to pick one of the franchises to last for 30 years – Ninja Turtles was probably not one of the ones <laughs> people would pick, but it yeah. just there's something about them. And the the other thing about them is like if you watch the um, the other animated shows that have come with them in the over the years, like especially the recent Nickelodeon ones, like they reinvent these characters to work in mo- you know, with whatever's new, uh, all happening the time. at the time. Yeah, they these characters have they were been, been able to mutate, and then they were cha- a skateboarder, yeah. and then but they were yeah. able to change these characters to to be what they needed to be for each new generation, each new wave of kids watching them. Yeah, it's true. And they did it really, really well. And pro- you know, Peter Laird sold them to Nickelodeon for no for not a small reason. Like Nickelodeon knows how to do that. Yep. And uh, yeah, these these characters probably last forever now. Yep. Pretty um, amazing. And they've now become, of course, like you know. People who grew up with them introduced them to their kids, and now the whole family loves Ninja Turtles. So that is how you build a brand that lasts forever. Yep. Switch and PC, no release date yet for that, although I think it's pretty safe to say that it'll be coming yeah, out. Yeah, pretty some easy point to be this year. Yep. Also, uh, if you haven't read the IDW uh, Ninja Turtles books, do it. If you like Ninja Turtles. Okay. Like, they're, they're solid reinventions, I think. Re- a new story with them is good. Okay. Uh, next up, Tiny Tina's Wonderland or Wonderlands? I always get this wrong. I think it's Wonderlands. It's like a USB port. I always end up putting it in the... It's 50-50, and I always put it in the wrong side up. Um, this is made by Gearbox. It is kind of an, an, a spinoff of the Borderlands franchise. Um, we've been hearing rumors that there may never be another Borderlands game. I think Pactor actually mentioned that in one of his episodes. Um, and so this may be all the type of stuff that we're going to be get we're going to get going forward. These kind of spinoff things. This is also a little different too because it has like high fantasy elements in mm-hmm. it, more like RPG elements in it than. Yeah. Well, the, it is. It, it's she's it's her tabletop campaign with right. her characters, which is yeah. fun. Like, are you is, excited for this? It's just kind of. I feel it's like not really getting me hyped. No, I feel like I'm probably. I feel like this the early part of the year is packed enough that I would probably find no real use for this. 
Um, also, like Borderlands stuff tends to be available for like super cheap in like eight to ten months. Borderlands so. three, I just saw, ended up settling in at like a seventy-two Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't. Uh, the last one did not do as well as yeah. they had hoped, either financially. Like or I do critically. like the tiny t- Tina character. I I've liked her. You know the RPG you know, parody stuff they've done with the character in the past. Like, that was DLC for two, I think. Um, I love Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch is great. Like, yeah, more yeah. Ashley Birch is always good. But, um, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. It's not, it's not hitting for me. It's coming out March 25th. Um, it's coming to PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. And, again, it's another game that's coming out here in the next, like, six weeks. It's nuts. Yeah. This first quarter of the year is just amazing. Um, but again, it's coming to pretty much everything again, but Switch. Poor Switch. It just doesn't get anything. I mean, it's very old tech at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's half uh, a decade old. It is. And it was already it outdated was already old, tech-wise it when it released. came out. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, next is a PC-only game. Total Warhammer 3. That's what I call it. Hmm. Instead of Total War Warhammer 3, I call it Total Warhammer 3. Um RTS, the last two have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Creative Assembly as well, right? Yep. yep. Probably the best RTS developers on the planet right now. Yeah. Um, Certainly in terms of like big war game stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just nobody other, else doing this. Also, if you like to purchase games that get a lot of post-launch support, oh yeah, these games get so much. It's really they're still releasing stuff for the second game, mm-hmm. and this one's about to come out. So. Um, if you buy this, you're going to get steady updates for the next, like, two or three years, and even after that, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, generally a wise purchase. Both of the first two games have been great, um, even by people who play a ton of RTS games, which I'm not one of them. But I even I enjoyed it. Someone who yeah, doesn't like play these. a lot of them. So I do wish they'd do a 40K one. Yeah. I would really like to see 40K Total War. Yep. I can, to- I can see that, and that may be coming. Uh, but for right now, it's not. This is for PC and also Game Pass on February mm-hmm. 17th. So this is coming in like three weeks, and if you're a PC Game Pass subscriber, you will get it for free, um, which is a big deal. Next up, one of the smaller guys I wanted to mention, a game called Tunic. This game's been getting a lot of hype. It's kind of like Zelda before it went 3D, essentially. Um, uh, yeah, I know this one. I love the look of this game. It's almost looking it's like the whole game is built out of like crystals or something. Um, it has a, definitely has like a unique art style with like these angular whatevers, um, but it's like an isometric action RPG with lots of exploration. Um, it doesn't seem like it's too loot heavy like a lot of action RPGs are today. Uh, it seems like it leans a little more heavily on the adventure side of things, which is good. Um, it's been getting a lot of hype, and people are really excited about it. It's one of the most anticipated indie games of 2022. Makes me think of Landstalker. Yeah. It's coming March 16th, and it's coming to Mac, PC, and then it's a, it's a Xbox console exclusive. Mm. So um, you won't be able to play this on Switch or PlayStation. So it's either this or Stranger of Paradise, huh? <laughs> I would probably play this. I'm going to have to flip Paradise. a coin. <laughs> I think I would choose this, man. I think I really would. I would choose dental appointments over Stranger of Paradise. <laughs> I really don't want to play that game. It's not very exciting. <laughs> it just seems like a very dour game. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't get me, like, my spirit going to, to get into I'm I don't know what it is. Um, but anyway, that's Tunic. Again, that's March 16th, and it's coming to Mac, PC, and Xbox. Next up, one of Matt, a sequel to one of Matt's most underappreciated games from last generation, mm-hmm. A Plague Tale Requiem. Um, the first game probably didn't get what it deserved. 
as far as sales no. or recognition are concerned. But hopefully no. the it sequel got good, here. You know, it got some word about it, but I didn't. I, I think it deserved more. It was, it was way better than I, ever, I thought it was going to be. And I think that would yeah. apply to most people. Um, you gotta, it, you gotta get the fixed. I know. <laughs> um, it's coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch. So it's mostly next gen plus yeah. Switch. Is that also a cloud version for Switch? I'm guessing. Probably. Yeah, it be. must be. Yeah. Uh, don't sleep on this one. This is a this is a good series. Get the get the first one for like what like nine bucks now or something. Like it might be hitting a little too close to home right now. <laughs> <laughs> eh, well, we, COVID is not spread by giant waves of rats, so like it, you know, it's um, it's not quite. It doesn't hit the same, I don't think. Uh, yeah. God, the rat, the rat physics are really good. Like it's just the creepiest damn thing to look at these waves of rats flood over everything. Yeah, um, and that hasn't changed. That's coming. No, back. that's still in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I had a better trailer, you would know that. So that's on me. Uh, Saints Row, the reboot of Saints Row, coming August twenty third. Smart and or lucky that they delayed. It's smart. They would definitely. They would have been <laughs> buried up. in, in yeah. Q1. And it won't be in August. Yeah. Like, it'll be coming in. Everyone's Hopefully coming it makes back it. from summer. Everyone's coming back from vacation, ready yeah. to get inside and play some games in the air conditioning. Although, hopefully it doesn't, like, slip to, like, November and get mm. buried again. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, they kept this game under wraps for a long time for yeah. a game that's coming out in August. Yeah, Saints Row went dormant for a shocking amount of time. I mean, even if you count Agents of Mayhem, which technically is part of the franchise, like Saints Row went away for a very long time beyond the remasters. I think they're gonna they're following Bethesda's like kind of recent strategy where they announce something and then eight months later you can mm-hmm. buy it. Um, although that obviously isn't the case with the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Yeah, well, I maintain that the Elder Scrolls Starfield announcement was because they knew what Fallout 76 was going to end up being, and they needed to distract people. Yeah, they needed to give people it worked. Some, they needed to give people something <laughs> else to look forward to, so they knew that this wasn't all that was there. Mitch is asking you in chat: Does this come off as too realistic for a Saints Row game? No, yeah, I, don't, I think I don't think Saints. Well, I understand why people had that impression from the first trailer, but the the latest stuff, no. No, it looks very much in character. Yeah. I mean, it looks goofy as hell to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what St. Rose all about. Like, it's a realistic art style for the characters, but I don't mind that. I think maybe people are worried because the first trailer is kind of serious. Yeah. Instead of being well, funny. But this trailer is not. I mean, There's you, still some humor in it, And you though. can see all the all the lore stuff. I mean, they've got the, the tech from the the Altor stuff. And, the yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's all there. It's I think I think it's gonna yeah this one of this trailer almost was it this trailer the not this is the first trailer yeah uh, the second trailer the, the, the mo- more recent stuff like they are intentionally showing all the wacky it's stuff more goofy the, yeah. people in mascot suits this and is trying that, yeah. to tell a little story and set up the game but the gameplay trailer that matt is talking about it absolutely has a lot more of the shenanigans that you would associate yeah. with saints row i don't think we have to worry about that i think you just have to worry about whether you've liked saints row in the past or not yeah yeah and i mostly have they're fun games. They're different. And hopefully they've improved sort of some of the general yeah. gameplay stuff. And like, yep. you know, the, there's always that thing where it's just like, I thought I got a headshot, but apparently I didn't in yeah. those games. Yeah. Um, yeah. T- tighter, tighter gameplay would be would be a good uh, evolution for the series. But in general, I'm I'm definitely anticipating this one. I, lo- I love the Saints Row games. Yeah. Like, That's August 23rd, as we said. PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Yeah, and it says apparently it has the most robust character creation of the whole series, which is saying something because those character creations, and some especially in two, have had a lot. Of, yeah, <laughs> and like I'm yeah. hoping finally the return of inner and outerwear. Um, oh yeah, because in two you could layer clothes, like you could do. Yep. You could put a shirt and then you put underwear and then a sh- and then shirt or pants or 
and then a coat and then like an over thing like you could you could really put stuff on like and then like they got they change it to more like standard outfits for three and four yeah so i'm hoping they bring all that the the granularity of the of the dress up back for this one okay especially with the with the visual quality and like everybody's wearing like different clothes you know you can tell they're leaning into that it's a big so part of it yep the style is going to be important Okay, next game, a Matt, a game that Matt has been waiting patiently for for it seems like forever. Four years. Lego now. Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Is this the year, Matt? It yeah, I think, I think we released. are finally getting it this I year. I think so too. <laughs> I mean, I think I feel like we said this last January, though. Yeah, but at least we got a, a year on the trailer this time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this game yeah, has been in development ridiculous. for like four years. It, I'm guessing way longer than it's that. It's going to be the leg, greatest Lego game. It looked ever. almost done when we. Saw saw it in 2019 yeah. like this game's been in development like six seven years i don't understand it i don't maybe all when i can we, say maybe is when we play it we'll be like oh okay now i get now it. i get why this took yeah. so long because you had to reinvent the wheel a bunch of times but finally it never takes traveler's tales or tt games now they're called this long to make these games no but it, i do it does feel like this is like the end of star wars for them it does yeah. feel like we are making the ultimate lego star wars game and that is going to stand as Lego Star Wars forever. forever. Yeah. Until we make a Mandalorian game. It looks pretty damn good. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, it is coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. And in this case, I think it will run natively on Switch. I don't think it'll be a cloud version. Um, but we'll see. These games I don't, are I don't know. They look, they look pretty good now. They, they do. They, yeah. We'll I don't see. know. I mean, we'll that, some of that stuff, the open world, yeah, that pretty Coruscant detailed. stuff looks really cool. Yeah. It's look looking that. good. I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's funny really to look at, look at back at the original ones and just think, see how far they've come. Yeah, in terms of what they were versus what they are now. Even the even the ones that are still focused for kids are like r- pretty elaborate things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next Seattle. up, <laughs> Dead Space remake. That's supposed to come out this year. Yeah. Like Do you Halloween think it's coming area. out this year? I think they're trying. I don't know if it will. I highly doubt it does. I think this. I think if they can make October, they will. Otherwise, it'll get pushed. Yeah, I re- would be really surprised if this. A good game Halloween comes out. game, though, if they can do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you're left in the conundrum of: Do you wait till next Halloween to release it? Right. Or it puts you in a tough bind if it doesn't get out in time. I know. We put- see nothing of this. This is a CG trailer. It has nothing to do with what they've been working on. They said when they put this out that they had just really started like full production. Yeah. I really have. I really struggle to mm. think this game's coming out this year, but like, it's slated for this year. That's why we included it in the roundup. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we slate we included it in the draft. So nope. <laughs> uh... As you will find out shortly. Uh, next up, Company of Heroes three. This is another PC only game that I wanted to make sure mm. to include for our PC centric players on Sifted. Um, this is coming in the fourth quarter. This game has been in development for quite a long or so time. So the Germans would have us believe. Right. <laughs> no, I this... don't know if it's, I. I feel like it might slip. Yeah, I looked at this on the draft and I was like, because mm, I love Call of, uh, Company Heroes. Yeah, and I was just like, I wanted to include it, but I just don't know. Anything that's in Q4 for me, I stay away from it in the draft anymore. Yeah. It's just there's too much chance of it not making it. Is this still Relic or is this somebody else? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Relic is the other RTS developer that just has knocked out. You know, I wish they're good. Yeah. Wish Dawn of War three was better. Like Dawn, that's why I said Total War 40k would be cool because the Dawn of War series seems to be over more mm-hmm. or less. Although I heard they were kind of they were maybe doing a, a remake of the first one, hmm. um, which would be interesting. Yeah. Um, if you like RTS games, this is a pretty good year for you. Yeah. There's going to be a couple, three or four good yeah. releases. I imagine there'll be some good DLC for Age of Empires 4. Absolutely. And, yep. 
Yeah, it's a good. It's going to be a good year for you if you're a big fan of that genre. And it's been dry for quite a while here, so I can understand mm-hmm. if you've been. A, this is another a one thing I really like about called called Company Heroes is um, this, especially the stuff that takes place in France. And they remember that the countryside there is beautiful. Yeah, and like the fact that the battlefields start. With these, this gorgeous French countryside, and you just then, ruin it yeah. over, over the course of the game. Yeah. Is, it, you know, it's a nice little comment. Game looks real good um, for an R, for an RTS. Like the amount oh, yeah. of detail and the characters and everything, pretty. The impressive. Company Heroes games have always been like, oh, that's unnecessary. Then an yeah. amount of detail on yeah. that. Like you can zoom into those <laughs> tanks and be like, what <laughs> no. the hell? Yeah, even even Company detail. Heroes Two still looks pretty darn good. It does. Yep, absolutely. And I remember that. I remember how blown away I was that like it used like location specific damage on the tanks and like yeah. where you shot them mattered and like it made it had a little bit of action game to it and, how, and when you're controlling the tanks and the vehicles and stuff there was a there was a little more to it than there was a, there was a tactical element that I really liked so yep well, it's um, great and then the very last third party slash PC game that we're going to talk about in our 2022 preview is Hollow Knight Silk Song. Um, the sequel to Hollow Knight. Long awaited. Long awaited sequel to Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, I just checked yesterday, has like a 92 Metacritic mm-hmm. average or whatever. Um, were it's, you the one big... that, it was, it's the one that comes up in the, uh, it's like, has anyone done Metroidvania better than Castlevania yeah. or Metroid? And this is the one game that like just about everybody is at least, or Hollow Knight 1 is just the one that everyone's at least willing to have the conversation about. Yep. Um, and again, it has been, people have been waiting for a long time for this game. Mm-hmm. It was originally like DLC. It was going to yeah. be. And then it got so gigantic, they're like, no, we're just going to make a sequel. And that's what has added all the extra time onto it. But it it was supposed to come out like at the end of last year. It was pushed into this year. The ch- Its chances are really high of coming out in 2022. And as Matt said, it has been forever since they started developing this thing. Um, but another one of the indie games that you should definitely keep an eye out for in 2022 matt what a year this is gonna be Mm -hmm. Uh, so think back to last week when we did nintendo sony looking at the games that sony has microsoft and now all this and i mean i cut hundreds of games out of this this is just the stuff that i was like yep gotta make sure i Mm -hmm. mention that gotta make sure i mention that 2022 is shaping up to be something really special i think um and this stuff that we just showed you guys, most of you guys are going to be able to play it, unless you're Switch. But I think if you're only a Switch owner, you've gotten used to that at this point. And we previewed Nintendo for you guys last week. So that's it. That wraps up our 2022 previews that we do every year. Um, hopefully it prepared you guys for the year to come. You know what's on the horizon. You can start kind of budgeting your money a little bit, trying to figure out when you're going to need like big amounts of money. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, you're going to need it for the next like three months. <laughs> There's just so many good games coming out in the next like very days. Uh, big contrast with last year. Yeah. Oh, this this year, and it's because of last because everything that, that got delayed so ended good. up here. Yeah. And so I do wonder if some games that were scheduled originally to come out this year will then get pushed, and it just know. becomes th- this kicking the can down I've, the road. Thing. I don't know about that. I feel like the it was 2021's games that got delayed were specifically because they were in a particular stage of development when the lockdown hit. That yeah. was what that was. And they the, had to navigate. That, that was really the hardest real element. Yeah. It was the hardest period of development to navigate while doing that. And I feel like the games that were originally slated for this year. Um, did not necessarily go through that. Yeah, they they were able to adjust to it because they were not in, in the same critical stage of development. So like, I think uh, I think the delay that we saw from that will be unless we end up in that again. Who knows? Um, get the fucking shot, people. Um, I, I think unless we end up in another situation like that, yeah, most stuff will. I think you'll see the normal delays you always see from, yeah. from games because from just ambitious because making games video games is hard. Yeah, but. Um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think it will get more or less back to quote unquote normal. Uh, yeah. I don't think we'll see a lot of delays because of that. I think I think those are I think that was specific to games that were in a particular point. I mean, I lives. think every studio had to navigate how do you yeah. work under COVID. They've done that. Yeah, and now we all kind of know. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of people say they're far more productive yeah, working from happier. home than they are yeah. in the study in the in the studio. And so. it means you can you can have you you can find the best talent and not have to bus them in from another you know city or country or what you know, like. Everyone can work on these things around the world. You know, Ubisoft already knew that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's it for our 2022 preview. Hope you guys have enjoyed uh, how we stretched it out across the last two episodes. We didn't beat you over the head with it too much. Uh, next up is our last topic for the live version of Game Phase 285. So this top, we're going to do this topic. We'll do name that game, and then we'll do a little bit of Q&A. We'll close down the stream. And then we'll do our Sifted Fantasy draft. And then after that's over, Matt and I are going to record an extra segment that will then be placed into the archive of 285. But for your purposes, live here on the stream, this is the last topic of this episode. And it is our predictions for 2022. Pactor already did his predictions. He did his prediction episode. He didn't. I think people will be disappointed in it, though, because it wasn't like, this is what I predict for Nintendo. This is what I predict Mm. for PlayStation. This is what I predict for Xbox. He looked at, like, big picture stuff, like what's going to happen with NFTs and the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do, I think, predictions that you guys probably are more excited to hear about. We're going to tackle, like, the big three. In fact, I made sure that that I made a prediction about each of the big three in my predictions. Both of us have five. Matt, what is your first big prediction for 2022? I'm going to take a big, huge risk and say that uh, PS5 continues its domination. Yeah, and not while, a risky pick there. No. Uh, I don't see anything changing that this year. Um, we might have be having a bigger conversation about that next year once Microsoft stuff starts coming out of the pipeline and the year after that when the Activision yeah. thing starts paying dividends in terms of exclusivity. But, like... For this, for 2022, I think PlayStation still has it all down on lock. It all, or you just mean over Microsoft? Uh, over Microsoft at the very least, but I think uh, I think Switch sales are going to slow down. They will. They so, should. And uh, PlayStation is only going to go up because hopefully they get to be more plentiful, and people who are waiting to buy them can buy. You know, I have a couple of friends who finally got one. Yeah. After a year, I have a friend who just got one. I told him to get on the waiting list. Yeah. Six weeks later, they finally called him and said we have one. Yeah. And then he called me. He's like, "Thank you." Yeah. Because they saved me, <laughs> running around mm-hmm. like a maniac trying to get it. So once you get to a point, hopefully, I mean, there may not, that may not happen this year. We don't know, but like you know, hopefully, you get to a point where you can just walk into a store and buy one. But a lot of people that don't know how to navigate that hunting situation mm-hmm. will finally be able to get one, and I think that's only going to go up. Okay. Um. I would absolutely agree with you that this year PlayStation 5 is going to dominate Xbox as far as hardware sales is concerned. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't think sales. that's a question at all. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing for Microsoft to use to catch up in yep. that regard. But my first prediction for 2022 kind of goes against what you were saying, but you kind of clarified a little bit. And my prediction is that the Switch is still going to be the top-selling console of 2022. And there's a lot that goes into that if... There were ample supply of the PlayStation 5. I believe the PlayStation 5 would outsell the Switch, but there's not. And there's still Mm -hmm. not going to be. I don't know if you saw the numbers from last year, Matt, but the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S combined did not sell as much as the Switch Mm -hmm. last year. So while I do agree with you, I think sales are going to slow. I think they're going to slow that much because you have big games like Zelda coming out this year. Mm -hmm. 
Bayonetta 3. Uh, they have a pretty good software lineup this yeah. year. I mean, you do hit a point where I'm like, who doesn't, who doesn't have, have this one? thing? That's but, where they're hitting the wall. But also, yeah. like, I asked that for years about the PS2, and it kept selling like crazy. You know, yeah. I can ask that along. You know, same with a Wii. Like, who the hell didn't have a Wii, but it was still selling like crazy? Like, like you know, there's always more customers out there, I guess. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if Zelda 2 is the thing to bring them in. Uh, necessarily, that seems like more for people who already own a Switch because Breath of the Wild was such a you know landmark game for the Switch, launch game for the Switch. Yep. Um, and the the fan base is hungry half a decade later to get another one. Yep. Um, yeah. But most people, as you said, have the console already. Yeah. I still think there's still some people could yeah people are clearly buying multiples. Yeah, I mean, so my some of my nephews, their Switches are beat up. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, and they still work. But their screens are just, like, massacred with just, like, smeared food and, like, throwing them down on the ground. And they're, like, they have mm-hmm. gouges in their screens. And that's, and, the, that's the price of being a portable system. Yeah. And, like, my sisters are, like, thinking about buying them another one. So that's definitely going to happen. And now the OLED is there. So it's actually a little bit of an upgrade, a little more incentive to buy one. It's just, I didn't, again, I said this last week, I did not see a single Switch on store shelves over the Christmas holidays. Not one. Mm-hmm. They're still the demand is still there for it, and with a strong software lineup and no supply constraints, because again the tech is so flipping old that they don't have to worry about competing for chips with other electronics. Like all those factors, I believe Switch will be the best-selling console of 2022, despite the frothing demand for PS5 and uh, Xbox Series consoles. All right, what's your second prediction for 2022, Matt? Second prediction is that uh, E3 2022 is almost literally nothing. There's nothing. Because um, now we... So they're know, saying digital now, but you're saying that's not going to happen either. I'm saying that this week it came out that... They, no, they didn't. They didn't say that. Oh, they didn't say they, that? They uh, they hinted that they would thinking about doing that, but there is nothing planned. Really? That is, that is the word, that there's nothing planned for that, and it may not happen at all. Oh, wow. Um, that might be the death of E3 then. If yep. they have nothing. Yeah, they nothing no, no on presence, no anything. Because like, also because I mean, you got, I mean, you know Jeff Keeley, mm-hmm. you know that he was on that. Phone. Oh, he's a shark in the water. He's already on the phone before yeah. they even announced it. He was yeah. making those deals. I mean, Blood in the water. You know, you know, locking that stuff down so they couldn't even show it on an E3 stream if they wanted to. Yeah. So there might literally, if, you know, if your option as the ESA is like, okay, we didn't, we're not going to do an in-person thing. Maybe we should do a digital thing. Oh, now we have to. We have to basically fight over Jeff Keeley's scraps now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's do you even a, want to do? That's not a good look. It's either. Not a compelling proposition. No, that's for sure. I <laughs> uh, see. Andy T. Monahan is asking, "Can the Switch surpass the Wii's lifetime sales? It needs an- another forty-eight million. No, I don't think it will. Do you? I don't know. Vincent, Vincent's other, saying if, that it already did. If it's true that it needs another forty-eight million, I think then he might no. be thinking of the DS. Oh, uh, he probably is. Then. Yeah, there he says. Wait, it might be the DS. I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah DS is up there yeah if you're asking me if it's going to sell another 48 million units no i do not think it's going to sell another 48 that would million. be difficult unless the it, new switch is technically is not a switch 2 and it's another considered part of the switch <laughs> then yeah, maybe, like, yeah. yeah i mean you could fudge that i guess but, but you figure they're selling around 20 million a year right now i i don't know maybe it does get there eventually it could it would have to make it there in like three four years though is my guess i think that just depends on how long nintendo keeps it in production yeah Give it enough years and it'll get there. Eventually, it'll get there. I mean, Sony's early kings at that. Um, I would I would agree with you. Like if 
if there's no E3 at all, not even a digital version, then I would absolutely agree with you that E3 is probably dead. Mm-hmm. Because you're out of completely out of sight for two years? Mm-hmm. After not having a show for three years? Four years. That's untenable. Were it, so. to, were it to come back as an event next year, it would have been four years since the last E3. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. It's funny that this B-roll of E3 2019 may like that's the last be one, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like the last real E3. It makes me sad. It just does. Okay, let's get happy. <laughs> Actually, I, my next prediction this may not make happy. people some yeah. some people happy. <laughs> my next prediction is that Rare's Everwild is going to be canceled. This game has struggled. Rare has struggled to say what this game is. The game itself has struggled to show what it is. They've outright admitted they don't know what it is. They rebooted it and started the whole thing over a few months ago. I just, I just wonder how much. And this is I've made this call before. Even we knew about the whole Microsoft um, Activision deal. Mm-hmm. Even before that, I just wondered how much patience Microsoft was going to have for a game like this that's very arty and is just kind of struggling to find its footing. They don't really know what it is. Um, Rare hasn't really made a lot of great games for quite a while. Some people really like Sea of Thieves. I thought it was okay. Um, I mean, Sea of Thieves has, has done well for them, though. It has done well. It's just This is a very risky project to me. Yeah. I, don't, I think Microsoft's kind of supportive of things like that, and especially if they've presented it to them as like we don't know we want to basically go on a giant fishing expedition to find what this game is going to be they might be Microsoft might be prepared for that but it has been a while didn't they bring in someone to work on this from like a studio that usually makes like really gory action games that sounds familiar but i don't remember i think they hired someone from a team that was working on like m-rated stuff and Mm -hmm. i was like uh at any rate how does that fit (laughs) i think it might i mean it's possible they might cancel because certainly they're not afraid to do that look at scale bound um but like i don't know like if they're really angling for a prestige game from rare and especially because this would be like kind of rare's comeback and you know not that sea of thieves was bad but like you know, this is a, for whatever reason. I think this is more in the lines of like what you ex- what you would have hoped for an old rare game in terms of like, oh, they did a new thing and it looks really you know visually striking. Nothing's got googly eyes on it. I would expect this from the Viva Pinata era rare, mm-hmm. not from like the N sixty four era rare. Yeah, it would be nice to see this come to fruition, but it might. Be, uh, Vincent says the designer of Alien Isolation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, K- so the horror game developer moved over to work on it. I mean, unless there's a lot of stealth in it, which it does appear that there's some stealth there. Yeah, but who knows if it's there now? Like, you know, <laughs> the game just has no direction. Like, no, I can't they, even describe they, to people it what it like is. It seems like they created a world and had to find a game in it. Somewhere. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's a game in search of a concept. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, so my prediction is that this game will never see the light of day, yeah. and I it will eventually be canceled. I don't know if I believe it'll be canceled, but I could definitely see it just never being mentioned again some point which is, which is pretty much the same <laughs> and thing. just leaving us to wonder yeah. yep okay what's your next prediction for 2022 matt uh next prediction is that a new mainline mario debuts um when do you, when and how do you think that'll happen i think that'll be happening in the second half of the year i don't think it would necessarily come out this year but i think we will see the next mainline mario game this year the time's right yeah it's been a while yeah it's been five years since odyssey it's been half a decade since odyssey it's time to show us what you're doing yeah i mean I they should they be ready to i show. think they will yeah. I don't know if it'll come out this year. I probably There's won't. There's a possibility, though. But it could be. I mean, it would be fun to duplicate 2017. We had a Zelda and a Mario in the same year. Yeah. Like, that was a good year for everybody, I think, including Nintendo. 
It shouldn't take Nintendo as long to create a new Mario game as it does to create a new Zelda. You'd think. <laughs> so, honestly, Matt, I would not be surprised if this, if the next 3D Mario does come out this year. I mm-hmm. just wouldn't be surprised at all. I think a lot will depend on when Zelda is released. I think if Zelda ends up coming to, like, in August or something like that, then sure. Like, you get Mario out. Didn't it the didn't Odyssey release in December, if I remember correctly? Uh, November, I Was think. it November. Um, so the timing could work out if you can get Zelda out a little earlier. Um, it all depends on where they are with that project and when they're going to release it. But um, yeah. I would Zelda's release date will tell us one way or the other. I, I think. believe so as well. Whether it's coming this year yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, if they say Q4, then I would say no way for Mario. No, but I do think we'll see something this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. If round E3-ish time, I'm guessing we'll see the first trailer of. I don't know if it'll be Odyssey two or who knows. Maybe a whole new concept or whatever. I don't know for sure, but. We I, think definitely a whole, I think it'll be a whole new concept, but I do think it'll incorporate sort of some of the stuff in Odyssey. But I think um, I do think uh, expect something with the scope of Odyssey, but with the some of the concepts of Bowser's Fury. Yeah, with the kind of pseudo open world yeah, stuff, like that kind yeah. of thing. I think that that's the direct because they've been playing with that direction too much for it not to be part of the plan. That makes sense. Yeah, and Bowser's Fury is pretty good. Yeah, I was pleasantly I surprised it. by that, actually. I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, so there you go. Matt thinks that we'll see the next mainline 3D Mario game before the end of 2022. My next prediction for this year, and this may disappoint Xbox fans, just like my last one. <laughs> Unfortunately, don't think I'm, I'm picking on you guys. I have other predictions later on that focus on other platforms. Uh, my next prediction, though, <laughs> is that Starfield is a disappointment at launch. And I don't think this is all that far-fetched, because if, you, if you've played any other Bethesda games at launch, you know exactly where I'm going with this. The release date for this game is literally set in stone. It is in the trailer that you're watching right now, literally well, in the trailer, metal. embedded in the trailer. So from my perspective, I believe that it's coming on November 11th, no matter what. Yeah, and the thing, other thing Which, we know about Bethesda, I mean, maybe that... Philosophy has to change if they're owned by Microsoft's Microsoft's call. Right. Bethesda will totally release a broken game. Right. They have no problem with it. Yeah, and fix it later rather than miss a release date. I mean, it does it. It's done it all the time. Yeah. And so, to me, I have a feeling this game is probably not going to be quite as polished as people would hope it's going to be. It's going to be released anyway. Will people hate the game because of it? I think it'll be just like Skyrim when it launched. Some people Mm -hmm. will be more angry about it than others. Some people will be like, I mean, in the case of Skyrim. PS3 owners were angry because it didn't work. Right. But I don't yeah. think it'll be that drastic. I don't either, but I think it could still be pretty janky. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll see how people react to that. Um, obviously, Cyberpunk 2077 still sold in the millions. Um, but I do think that... But this is Game Pass, so you get to right. You get to experience the jank for practically for nothing. Much, for pretty, pretty much nothing. And that might help. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. It might actually make a difference, the fact that people are just paying for a subscription to play it versus paying the $70 to get the box version of it or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't have high hopes for Starfield at launch. I think it's going to show a lot of promise, and I think eventually it'll become an amazing game, just like Skyrim eventually did, uh, that sells for years and years and years. I just think out of the gate, the prospects of it being really polished and really good and exactly how Bethesda wants it I don't think the chances of that are good. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe just set your expectations down a notch for Starfield in certain areas. Like, don't expect it to be bug-free and crazy polished, but I think you can expect sort of the groundbreaking open-world design and some of the stuff that Bethesda's known for. Just, mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's going to be bad. I just think some people are going to be pissed off when it comes out. Um, and your next prediction, Matt. Uh, this is an easy one, but uh, no Switch Pro. No Switch Pro. Like, we're not going to see a new Switch Do you version. think there's ever going to be a Switch Pro? Or do you think no. they're just really I think we're going to go straight to Switch 2 or whatever, to Super, the Super Nintendo Switch or whatever it is. Okay. Um, when do you think that's going to happen? I think we will get a new Nintendo console in 2024. 2024. Man, that's a long time to stretch out that OLED screen. But, it is. But but just, it's but you also think it's going to be the top seller of the year, so mm-hmm. they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to hurt them financially yeah, at all. Yeah, there's, no there's no reason not to let that ride. Yeah. I, I, I if you're winning, that. don't rock the boat. I, would, I do think the next Nintendo console will come out next holiday. They traditionally do not do that on holidays. They don't. I think you're going to see or it. Or maybe. Like, I think it's March okay, 2024. Okay, like early 24, like they did with. Okay. I, I could agree with that for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. That makes sense. But you're right. Why does Nintendo rarely release and consoles? Metroid at the Prime holidays? 4 will be a, release, a, a launch game. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I if hope we're lucky. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope so. I do think we'll get that Prime <laughs> remake this year, though. You do? I think that Prime 1 remake will come this year, yeah. Okay. That would be awesome. I'd be, I'm. Good to play Prime again now. Like, it's been so long. Like, I'm good to play it yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. I will absolutely dive back in. Honestly, I'd rather play a Metroid game I know is going to be great than Prime 4 <laughs> right now. Like, like, I'm excited about Prime 4, but also it's like, at least with Metroid Prime Remake, I know it's like, okay, I have no doubts This about game is anything. amazing. I'm just yeah. going to sit back and play this game and enjoy it again, and it'll be great. Yep. They just look a little Maybe better, that's sound why a little better. So, Maybe that's why remakes are so popular now. People just want, like, Something they know is going to be good. It's not going to get burned. Yeah. I hear you. Um, okay, my next to last prediction for 2022, and again, I made this prediction before we knew about Microsoft buying Bethesda, or sorry, buying um, Blizzard and Activision. And my prediction is that bidding wars between Game Pass and PlayStation for third-party game exclusivity will be a huge thing by the end of the year. And that is already... Technically, January is by the end of the year, And, I mean, obviously, today's news huge in that front. But I think that, like, as we were talking about with Grand Theft Auto 6, mm-hmm. like, these two, and now we've been hearing all the rumblings about the PlayStation Game Pass. It's actually a thing, and it's going to happen. They're going to be competing now for who can get the third-party games day and date on their service. And I think that's going to be a prominent become a prominent element of the industry going forward is these negotiations with third parties to try to get the rights to mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto or whatever third-party game on their service first. And that really hasn't been a thing up to this point. Um, as far as Sony competing with Microsoft to keep stuff away from Game Pass and vice versa, that's what I think you're going to start seeing. Like, where we used to see with money hatting to get console exclusives, now it's like money hatting for service exclusives. Um, and I think Microsoft obviously was heralded this on mm-hmm. with its push for Game Pass and it's uh, it's kind of lack of emphasis on selling hardware, as right. it were. So I think that's going to be a thing going forward is how much, and we may not even hear, like how much did Microsoft offer when it didn't get that game or how much did PlayStation offer when it didn't get that other game. It may be hard to find that information, but it's going to be going on behind the scenes, and I think we'll at least know that it's going on towards the end of this year mm-hmm. as we know more about PlayStation's um, revamp of PlayStation Now and its other services. So there you go. Matt, what is your last prediction for 2022? Last prediction, uh, also maybe pretty easy, but 
uh, gaming NFTs are a huge bust. Yeah. The you know, you're already seeing that with you know people are not into it. Ubisoft. Uh, yeah, Ubisoft having <laughs> some trouble already. Trying to already. sell the Ghost Recon and it's just nope. <laughs> Konami is doing it with a, you know they're they're getting yeah. heat. I mean, not that Konami cares because they don't they don't make games anymore really. Um, the yeah, biggest problem for NFTs in gaming is that generally game players are really smart mm-hmm. and really tech savvy. Well, also like, and so you're <laughs> you're trying yeah. to sell something to people who know better. Yeah. Well, also like you like a lot of the rhetoric around the gaming NFT stuff is like doesn't make any sense if you know anything mm-hmm. about video games. It's like it's like oh, imagine owning Mario's hat and you just take Mario's hat. Like that's not how. That's programming not, work yeah. that's not it doesn't <laughs> so mean nobody anything else gets mario's hat now well, like, i was like the idea is like oh you can take this sword to this other game no you can't that's no, not how anything work. works and remember that an nft is basically like you are selling you are creating a database which is essentially a lineup of people mm-hmm. and you are selling spots in that database yeah and the the art and stuff like the you know the gifts of castlevania or whatever you like like or whatever that is like you're not selling them the rights that get you're selling them the right uh-huh. to basically stand near it yeah and all you can do is, yeah, he's like, I don't own this picture. I don't own this art. I don't own whatever this is. I own the right to stand next to it. I can't stop you from looking at it or saving it or copying it. But I only I can stand here. You are literally being sold nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's a scam. Yeah. The NFTs are a scam. And consider there's like, what, there's something like in the last several months, I think it's something like, I can't remember the number. It's like 2.7 million NFTs, three something, seven million, three something million NFTs have been created. Guess how many people own those 360,000 <laughs> that's a pyramid scheme uh, um the uh yeah. and also 13 million people have invested in cryptocurrency and crypto stuff and yeah. the blockchain stuff yeah. so consider that of all the people that are involved and enthusiastic and involved in crypto 0.01% do the nft thing yeah. and the only thing that keeps nfts valuable is being perceived as valuable. Same as so Bitcoin. when you wonder why, same as crypto coins. Sure, but this yeah. even more so because at least Bitcoin is accepted as legal tender in a lot of places. Right. Yeah. But like with NFTs, it's like the only thing keeping the value up is perception, and in this case, the perception of a very small community. So when you wonder why the people that promote NFTs and believe in NFTs are screaming so loud and repeatedly and repetitively about why how great they are, it's because. It's a very small group of people trying to make this thing they've invested in more valuable so they can make money from it. Yeah. It's 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 a crypto it's not, is very much it's the not same necessarily way. somewhat, but it's like there's more structure to it. it. The, like on social media, the crypto pump and dump schemes or everything. Yeah, that happened. I mean, and, that just and you're with, seeing like more NFT stuff happen. They like, the celebrities like Kim Kardashian go on their Instagram. They're like, hey, I just bought this crypto coin. You should too. It goes way up and then they, yeah. it goes up, and then all the people who founded it sell all their crypto, and they're out. And yeah. it crashes. And, what, then it crashes and a lot of the what the N- and a lot of what the NFT thing is right now is trying to get the NFT quote unquote community to be big enough to have things like that happen in it. Right. Cause right now it's not, it's not. Yeah. Um, and you're, st- you are starting to see like real scams happen where like, cause crypt, cause NFTs are not necessarily inherently a scam quote unquote, but they are a con. Yeah. Which is a different thing. Yeah. Um, but there have been like things where like, a lot of times you've seen, I've seen a couple things where like, Oh, we're doing a new run of NFTs of this particular run of art. And we're going to donate the proceeds to charity, and and they, they make like one point one and a half million dollars off of it, and then they disappear. Yeah. And the, the NFTs are all gone because they took their their yeah. you know their database with them, and like and there's not it's all gone. There's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's gone. over. Yeah. Pactor, we just published an episode of Pactor Factor today, right before I came in here. As I said, I've been busy AF for the last two days, um, and it's all about NFTs. Mm. And his big contention is until there's one wallet. 
meaning yeah. you have a wallet that works across everything, across right. Apple, Android, whatever. Yeah. Wherever you go, until there's one wallet, stuff like that's probably not going to yeah. work. And, it's, yeah. and that, that would have to be included in the wallet. Because right. right now, like when one of the things I think people don't really always get is that, the yes, the blockchain's involved, but it's not on the blockchain in the sense that like the database that you have bought that place in for the NFT, in particular NFT run, is just a database somebody created and then made the blockchain aware of it. So the blockchain can com- confirm, yes, this person bought this place on that database yeah. and then they sold it to this per- you know, There's a record of that transaction, but like it's not the same thing. Like, like it's not the same thing as the way cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and stuff are are handled in terms of who stores those and who store. You know, mm-hmm. it's even less secure in that regard. Um, and the and the question of where they they lean is like, oh, you, no one else can duplicate this space in this database. Who cares? Yeah, like that's the problem. <laughs> like you 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 can't yeah. make someone care about that until yeah, as Pactor says, it's you you know. If you can, if you could have a situation where you had like a universal wallet, and if you create, if someone could get the permission or the the uh, the the rights or the or whatever to create the an NFT uh, database in that wallet, that then you could buy parts of or spaces on, that would be something that you could theoretically use as something with some sort of universally perceived value or universally perceived value in terms of. Uh, the people in participating in this, but that is it's it's the wild west right now. And how about we create the one wallet and we all get rich? Yeah, because whoever invents the one wallet is gonna be mm-hmm. filthy rich. You'd need to be one of the best negotiators in the Jeff Keeley. What is the Should movie you, where they're just skimming like an eighth of a penny off of each sale? Office Space? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I forgot that that was Office Space. Like literally, you just skim if you could just. Create the one mm. wallet, and you make one eighth of a penny off each transaction. We could go hang out with Gabe Newell. <laughs> Maybe we still may not be rich <laughs> enough to hang out with Gabe at that point. Right, but we we would be getting, making our money the same way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, okay, we got to wrap things up. We're just we meeting down in down in New Zealand. He'd just be like, "Pretty sweet, huh, boys?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> <it's just laughs> uh, and my final prediction for 2022 is that 2022. And I don't know how you can deny this now that we've done our 2022 preview for consoles and PC and third party. My prediction is that 2022 will rival 1998 as the best year for video game releases ever. I think it will have it will be a legitimate conversation that we have to have or we will have about what was the best year for game releases ever. I mean, we just ran through, I don't know whether they're 35 like pretty much AAA third-party games. We ran through the first-party stuff from last week. This is going to be an amazing year for video game releases, po- quite possibly the best ever. It's going to be up there. It's going to be close. Um, some there's stuff still could a bunch slip. Of stuff, but there's also still a bunch of stuff we don't even know about right. yet. We, we don't, don't know much know about yet. the second half of the year. Some stuff could slip too, though. Sure. It could change it. But, man, I'm just telling you, I've been doing this for a long time. And this year is shaping up. Just the to be first amazing. three months of this year is better than like all of last year combined, oh, almost. Easily. Like it's, it's, yep. you know. Hope you guys are ready. Hope you guys saved up some money over the. You throw me a Sony exclusive <laughs> and a new Pokemon game <laughs> and a uh, and a new Souls game. Yeah, that's all in the like, next like week. Yeah, basically, it's 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 awesome. It is going to be a great year of video games. So what I was saying, Q1 2022 is going to be a great year. That's <laughs> yeah. that's basically what we're saying. Yeah. So what I was saying earlier that like all my predictions aren't bad or gloom and doom. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. This is 
going to be one of the best years for video games ever. And I'm really excited about it. So there you go. There are predictions for 2022. Okay, so here we are to talk about Rainbow Six Extraction. Now, you probably, you may have watched the show live on Twitch yesterday, and you're like, wait a minute, this wasn't in the show that I watched. Yes, it was. (laughs) Why don't you remember this? (laughs) To that we say, yes, it was. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Which timeline are you in? (laughs) Did you take the red pill? Yeah, so... um, Unfortunately, this information was under embargo, and so he couldn't talk about it on the live stream. So Matt and I stuck around after the show uh, to discuss Rainbow Six yeah. Quarantine. Which is why it's suddenly darker outside right. <laughs> than when it will be when we go back to the end of the show. Yeah, that's actually true. It'll be a little bit weird. Uh, but we need to explain to you guys why this is happening. Because in this timeline, the sun sets different. <laughs> but we <laughs> That's funny. But we always try to uh, hit embargo if we can to get you guys information on games as soon as we can. And uh, this was as soon as we could give you the information, and it worked out that we're going to be able to put it into Game Face 285 at the last minute. Um, Matt, this is a cooperative, I struggle to call it a zombie shooter, because I feel like when you say that, um, like visions of like Left 4 Dead Dead, or Back 4 Blood. It's a co-op tactical shooter that happens to have zombies in it. Right. The enemies could have been anything, really. Well, yeah. that's not true. No, because I mean, there's an element of the, the mechanics creatures. Do, yeah, I mean, like you don't terrorists aren't spawned from pods generally. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah. there's a you know, it could have been aliens or it could have been, it could have been any inhuman thing. Pretty could have been demons. It yeah, could have, you know, it could have been anything. Yeah, um, and essentially what you do is you start. And it when I first saw watch trailers for this. I really didn't think that there was going to be a lot of Rainbow Six in it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be like this cooperative sh- zombie shooter that they just slapped the license onto because they're like, we don't have anything else that it fits. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out... Yeah, you thought it was going to be like left for Clancy right. or something. Yeah. yeah. And as it turns out, there actually is some tactical yeah. Rainbow Six stuff in this. It's Yeah. You can run and gun it, but you're going to have a hard time. I think you. it would be really hard to run and gun it. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Essentially, it is a lot like playing Rainbow Six Siege in some ways. Like, when you first start a match, the smartest thing you can do in this is throw down your little drone and roll it through the Mm -hmm. map so that you can tag all the enemies, all the nests, which we'll talk about in a minute, which are really important to this game, and find, like, all the locations of the objectives and things like that. So, first thing you do, really, is just get your drone, roll it in through the map, tag all that stuff, and then you actually jump in and try to accomplish the missions. Now... Mm -hmm. I think my biggest gripe with this game is that the mission types are very repetitive. Now, I know you didn't get to play as much of it as I did, and the mission objectives in this do repeat mm-hmm. frequently. Um, but but I do at least appreciate that they rotate. Yes. Like they're, they're not always doing the same kind of mission in the first section because, and the second section. Yeah, and because they're kind of dynamic, right? Yeah. So one of the things about this game is you have a list of operators. Again, very Rain- Rainbow Six-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a list of operators, and you choose your operator, and you go into the mission. And sometimes you will lose that operator for the next mission, even if you survive the mission. Yeah, if they get if you come back and extract when you're too hurt, they yeah. have to take a, like a mission to recover. Yeah, and... If you die while you're on the mission, that operator is completely off the grid for a while until you go in the next time and attempt to rescue that Mm. operator. So your operator dies in the mission. You get sent back out to the menu screen. You go back in. One of the objectives the next time you play is to rescue that operative. Mm -hmm. 
and it's a thing. Yeah, they they it's put not, them in a tree. Yeah, it's not like you just run in there no. and like grab them and pull them back out. You, you have to do a little mini game. Basically. Yeah, it's like a mini game where one player grabs mm. the operative and tries to pull them out of these vines, and the other character or another player shoots these pulses of like. Is it electricity or blood or it's I don't like even know? Like some kind of energy sort of thing. Yeah, like these things start it's, it's coming. It's held on by these anchors that then send pulses of power to the tree, and that yeah. pulls the the operative back, back in. And basically, you have to stop those pulses, and you can blow the anchors up, but they will respawn. Yeah. Um, but basically, you want to you want to blow those up to the to, uh, all at once enough that you have enough time to pull the operative out of the tree yep. and then take them to the extraction pod where they get rescued. Yeah, so you um, take them out to the helipad. You can do it single player. You can do it solo, but yeah. it's it's more difficult. Yeah, it's a lot more difficult. In fact, this whole game, playing it by yourself, is extremely difficult, yeah. and I do not recommend it at all. No. Because you will get a good way into one of these missions and die because – so. We were talking earlier about how there are these nests, and they're basically these, like, pods. They almost look like Bulbasaur, honestly, mm-hmm. from Pokemon, that when you, you send your drone in, you can mark them. And what you want to do, this game is really all about stealth. Going in guns blazing, like, I've tried it a couple times. I, it ended me real mm-hmm. quick. So you want to send your drone in, mark all that stuff, and then creep around the map. And you want to basically melee these nests because if you don't, if you fire your gun next to them and they wake up, they will spawn enemies, mm-hmm. and that's how you die in this game. Yeah, you, with the normal enemies, you can headshot them fast enough, and they'll they'll go down, and they, you, you don't have to worry about. It. I mean, I've done that plenty. It's like you know, four in a row, just pop, 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 and yep. you're done. And the enemies but don't the, take much the, damage, but yeah. neither do you. But the nests take a fair amount of damage, and they can send their pulse out to alert nearby things if you don't do it fast enough. So it's it's safer to just stab them. Yep. And if well, and on the flip side, if you have an operator who has a silencer on their gun, instead of using your knife to blow up the nest or to cut the nests or whatever, you can use your gun and shoot them from a distance. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge advantage. But I prefer to stab them, though, even if I have that. It's more satisfying. More satisfying. <laughs> you know, a bunch of little XP things pop up on the screen, and it's just easier to sort of work your way through. Yeah. And that's really how this game is. It is a room-by-room, breach-clear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not... I know I felt the same way. I thought it was just Left for Dead with Tom Clancy's name on it. It is not. It's not that. It's not World War Z. It's not Back for Blood. It really is like playing a cooperative version of Rainbow Six Siege, except the other team are like zombies. Yeah. That's the best way to it. Because it also has sieges like wall destruction and all. Like the, yep. The battlefield has, can be rearranged if you don't know what you're doing. Because one of the most popular mission objectives in the game, as I was alluding to earlier, they're pretty repetitive. One of the ones you see a lot is, hey, here's this thing, protect it, while swarms of zombies come in. And in those areas with those missions you can go and like build like Mm -hmm. a wall or a door over an open doorway you can fortify windows you can do all the stuff that you expect to do in rainbow six siege but in the context of this cooperative shooter um there are like four four different areas that Mm. you can play through and each area has five i think there's one down is there five well the one is the post game okay um, so I think there's like four, there's four or five four main areas. ones and there's a different one at the bottom. Yeah. And each one of those has like three or four missions in it. Um, it doesn't take that long to finish the game. Like I think I've played six hours at this point and I'm almost done. Um, but it's a cooperative game and you've played with different operators cause 
The other thing too is that every operator has different loadouts. Now eventually you can unlock different guns and different attachments for the mm. guns. When you first start though, when you're using those operators, that one has a shotgun, one has an LMG, one has an assault rifle with a silencer, mm -hmm. one has an SMG, one has just a, a pistol, but then has this other stuff that they can do. So it is very They've much, all got a, some kind of gadget that does something right. specific. So it is kind of that character-driven, mm -hmm. like... And you level all those things up as you play, and you get uh, other abilities unlocked as they yep. level up. And there's another, there's like an experience track for the entire game that like levels up the organization. What is the re React? React, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can talk about the story. Yeah, it levels up the whole organization, <laughs> so you get perks that way, which unlocks new tech and things. Uh, the story, there's really the story elements in this. They there are opening cinematics, and there mm -hmm. are flashy like pre-rendered CG stuff. Like the first time you select menu items, right? It's like oh, you go to the tech tech tab, and it's like the leader of React walks through and talks to the lead scientist, and it's it's, and it's all that, flavor. It's just, right. Yeah, it's, it's just window dressing. Yeah. After that, it all goes away. The story is that suddenly the Earth was overtaken by this weird growing parasite goo, thing. parasite yeah. thing. And the one thing that is cool about this game is that... Who hate America, I might add. <laughs> they destroy the Statue of Liberty and <laughs> the American did. flag, first thing. That's their first move. It is funny how like Europe is like, you want to know how we get the Americans engaged in this? We have it take down the Statue yeah. of Liberty. We, <laughs> we rip the head off the Statue of Liberty and kill the poor man buying a snow globe about New York City. Yeah. One thing that is cool about this game, though, is that that ooze, that parasite ooze, mm -hmm. grows dynamically yeah, throughout the level while you're playing. Mm -hmm. It's creepy to just stand there and watch it grow up the wall and slowly envelop, like, the whole room. Yep. And it slows you down if you walk in it, but you can shoot it. You're kind of like, where's the? why don't none of you have a flamethrower? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe eventually maybe you get you an might, operator yeah. that has one. Um, yeah, you do, there are, I think, three other teams of three, I think, yeah. uh, operators you unlock as you level up the organization. Yeah. And and here's the other thing. I still haven't discovered it, although I got close. I got to one point where I only had, like, three operators left. Like, I don't know what mm -hmm. happens when you run out of operators. <laughs> I was close. Like, I got to the point because mm -hmm. I... I bet there's something that's just like, oh, randomly they pick one. It's like, we've found... We, another team extracted this one, and you're going to use him now. Yeah, Maybe. And we ran into problems, Or they're too. just like, start over, you loser. Yeah. <laughs> we ran into problems with the netcode. Yeah, we I, had a couple of weird things there. Which really sucked because one time I launched a game, Matt got dropped when the game was launching. I got put into the game, and I immediately wanted to quit because I wanted to play with Matt, and playing by yourself, again, is a fool's mm -hmm. errand. And so I immediately wanted to quit, but when I quit, it penalized me. I lost the operator that I had taken into that map, and they took away, like, one of my other attributes. Hmm. And there's no way around it. Is either I play that mission by myself and come what may, or I leave and I get punished for it. And hmm. so I left because I wanted to play with you. And you I couldn't, you couldn't like just extract. No, from that point, no. Hmm. couldn't do anything. Like they're basically like, go finish the mission. And if you don't want to finish it, then this is your punishment. And hmm. I chose the punishment and lost my operator. And yeah, that went real weird. I didn't have to restart the game and like we had problems. A lot with of that voice code. chat issues. Now keep in mind. This game Although once out yet. my <laughs> once if it was yeah it's not out yet but like also one time my PS5 did that LAN cable not connected thing that right. the PS5 does all the time yeah where it's like it, I've never had that problem but I've heard a lot of people that talk happens about to it. me not super common it also doesn't matter much because I'm not usually not playing online games mm -hmm. but like periodically it'll do that it'll do it like seven times wow and finally go back to normal I've never had that problem and there's nothing you know the cable's still in there internet's fine it's, it's literally just some the of PS5. the PS5s do that weird. Hopefully they problem. find a way to fix that because it's very annoying. If yeah. If I played online games more, I would be more, much more irritated by it because it happens more often than I like. Yeah. 
How did you feel about this game in general, Matt? I more or less liked it. Like it, uh, you know, I don't care about multiplayer stuff too much, but like, and I certainly didn't care about another zombie game, but um, like the, the stealth element worked and like kind of the individual operators did feel different, uh, which I mostly noticed when I was forced to use other ones when one of them got killed or hurt. I thought the aiming sucks. I thought the aiming was pretty good. Oh, you liked it. Like I, it was, felt really sluggish to me. I was popping heads off like crazy. Okay. Like, like even when, even when like um, one of them would like attack you, I would, I got a headshot on most of the guys who were jumping on you. So yeah. like, that partly is because the their heads glow, which makes right. it an easy target. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I thought the aiming was real good. Um, oh, we should also mention how death works in this. So you mm-hmm. can get downed once. And then they can revive you. Or if you have an operator who has, like, a stim, he can revive yeah. himself or And you herself. can build a, a revive stim yep. thing as well. You can. As a tech thing. But then you lose your drone. Right. Because it replaces the same slot. Yep. Um, if you go down a second time, you're done. Yeah. And, you and get, that leaves covered whoever's left to try to finish the mission. And they can yeah. actually... You, you can extract you. Extract yeah. the dead... Your dead teammate. You can then pick up, take him out to the helipad, put him in the little pod thing... And he will get some, and then you'll still get some rewards from the mission mm-hmm. if you do that. There's lots of little cool nuances in this game, and there are way more elements that tied it into Rainbow Six Siege than I ever expected. Like it does feel mm-hmm. very similar. The my opinion, the gunplay in Siege feels way better. Um, I feel way more connected to my guns in that game than I do in this one. I felt like in this, the the aiming was slow. And maybe that's because I play a lot of Call of Duty. And then when I do play other shooters, I do turn tend to turn up the sensitivity a little bit. I like the aim to be more sensitive. And this felt slow and sluggish to me, particularly when I used using like a, a shotgun. Or yeah, I never LMG, used a shotgun. Or an LMG. They were kind of sluggish to get around. Mm-hmm. But overall, I felt like it played fine. Um, I never felt like I died because of the controls or anything like that. Yeah, it was always because there was like, Guys got alerted, and we didn't realize they yeah, were over there. Yeah, it's very easy because if you just you send your drone in, you're not going to get everything because the battery will die before you make it through the yeah. whole level. But it kind of gives you this false sense of security of like, oh, we already scanned this, so mm-hmm. I'm good. And then you go running into a room, and sure enough, there's one sitting there, and then the, the zombies come in because you've alerted them with the nest. So it's – I think I mostly enjoyed my time with this game, Matt. I liked that it was, one, it actually had some Rainbow Six flavor. Yeah. And that was surprising to me. And two, that it's different. Because I feel like there, like every week, there's a new cooperative shooter announced. Like we just did the 2022 third party games preview mm-hmm. for the year. How many cooperative shooters out of the 30 some games that we previewed were shoot, were cooperative shooters? Like a eight, lot. nine? Yep. Like a third of the games? I just feel like they're all starting to bleed together, but this one actually does feel and play differently. Um, I had a lot of preconceptions about it before I played it. They were wrong. Like, it plays differently and feels differently than I expected, and that's Mm -hmm. good because my expectations were pretty low. So I would say playing it, I like it more, but there's just something... It's very slow-paced, very Mm -hmm. grindy. You have to communicate a lot with your teammates. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play this with, like, pick-up randoms. Nope. Because they'll just grief. They'll just run through and just trip all the nests. Like, I can't even imagine pulling somebody out of a tree with randos. I couldn't either. Like, how would you coordinate that? I don't They'd have to be cooperating, basically. Yeah, they would have to. And we all know how that goes, people. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how it's going to function out in the wild. However, this game is on Game Pass. Game Pass, day one. Sorry. 
So a lot of people are going to be able to try it. That's my Apple Watch. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be able to try this for free, basically. And I would wholeheartedly recommend, if you are a Game Pass subscriber, absolutely download it and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think there are some people who are going to be like, I don't really like most of these cooperative shooters, but I like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, about I did like, game. yeah, I did like it. I don't know if I'd play it further because I don't have a group of people to play it with. But like, mm-hmm. and it takes up a little more space in the hard drive than I'd like. But um, no, it was, it was fun. It has a little bit of um, the division in it with the yeah, whole extraction thing and like the risk reward. Yeah, and the thing I could push a little further, get more tech, I'll get you yeah. more stuff to upgrade your thing, and you can go push further next time. That's the that's yeah, the that's the rub of it. Yeah. The push your luck thing is sort of the key to the yeah. The because each thing. mission, like you have at least three objectives. Yeah. But and you the can, nice thing is that like you can I mean, only complete one if you want and go yeah. back to the extraction point. But and like the, and the nice thing is like. Because they wrote, you know, the mission objectives do repeat eventually. You know, there's mm-hmm. not that many d- different mission types. But you're not always doing the same thing in the second phase of the mission. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like you're going to push on to the next thing. Like, you know, your decision, be to, something different. Your decision to push on might depend on what that mission's going to be. Yeah. And it's different every time. So it's not like you're going to get stuck at some important point. Well, well now we got to get through this so we and succeed at this right so that we can have enough, uh, you know, have enough life left to... You know, go in and do the stupid extraction thing next time. And they tell you what they are. Yeah. So it's not like you always know you're, what you're going in into. blind. You know what yeah. you're getting into. You know whether you have a chance to complete the mission or not before you attempt it. And that's all you mm-hmm. can ask, really. And, and there's some fun that, you know, that risk and reward I thought was pretty yeah. compelling. And I liked that, you know, we sometimes it did go, you know, I'll turn right over and go crazy. And uh, one time we were supposed to, we were supposed to capture an elite monster. And yeah. Like, they we ambushed didn't you. We they didn't were. know where they were, and like Sony came at me, so I just and like Shane went down, so I just I just ran, yeah. and I got to the helipad, and then like yeah. it was like, oh, what do I? And I'm standing on this thing, it's like, oh, you got to hit this thing to trap the monster, and it came running and, like, out. It came just running out, I'm like boink, and it's like <laughs> fell, fell over. I'm like, oh, that was cool. That's but the then, part of the game we haven't mentioned yet, the biology part of yeah. it, where you're trying to like figure out what the the parasite is, yeah. and it's like this whole like meta part of the game. Yeah, and I didn't. I actually didn't realize I could have gone back in because I'd killed a bunch of things yeah. clearing away for that thing to come out. Yeah, I could have gone back in and picked you up and, and brought me and brought put me out. in the little yeah, capsule I didn't or whatever. That. Yeah. Um. So it's it's different. Yeah. Like, there's like it made me think in ways that most cooperative shooters yeah. don't. And it's and also like there's an element that's interesting of it where like it is hard and you can die fast if you don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. But hope is rarely completely lost if at least one person is yeah up. because the enemies literally most of them at least on the difficulty we were playing on like one or two shots are dead. Yeah, they're not bullet sponges where you have to fill them full of lead. Like you headshot them, they go down. Mm-hmm. Like just pop, pop, pop. You can do it. Um, and you're right, that helps balance it out. But I would say this too, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like we hardly completed any missions and we were playing on the easiest difficulty setting. And I played with Johnny Hurricane for a while and we had trouble completing missions. It's not, even on the easiest setting, it is not an easy game. No. Um, so you, you playing with randoms, pfft, good luck. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing with bros and it was still challenging. Like, and we were chatting and we, we were on the voice chat. Yeah, if you got somebody just running through, setting off every, all the tra- all the nests and stuff. You're just not gonna... easiest game to be a griefer ever. Yeah, pretty much. If someone gets fed up and like I'm tired of like plodding along and they just run through the mat, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it takes because you'll trip all the nests and then they'll all come out and blah blah blah. Um, so I did have fun with it. I probably wouldn't pay a lot of money for it because mm-hmm. there really is no single-player campaign. You can play it by yourself. It's hard as balls, and it's not that fun because there's no context for it. It's like you get the opening cinematic. The story never really comes back. 
-hmm. So you're just basically trudging through mission after mission if you play it by yourself. So there's only really value in this game if you do want to play with others. And it's a max of three players cooperatively. Uh, you have three-player squads, which is perfect for the way the game works. Um, but just stuff to know before you go in and decide to pull the trigger. If you're, And again, if you're an Xbox Game Pass subscriber or I think a PC Game Pass subscriber, it's going to be there day, in, day one. So you can just download it, give it a spin. If it's not for you, just delete it. Uh, but, you know, we cover this stuff more for the people who are thinking about buying the full version, maybe people who are PlayStation owners or whatever. Um, would you recommend somebody buy this, Matt? I mean, I wouldn't for full price. I wouldn't either. It's not really my thing. Yeah. It, it is kind of my thing, but I still, it's hard mm. to recommend it a full full price purchase. Like, if you really want a good version of Aliens, Fireteam, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, this is probably better than that. Yeah. It's more tactical, that's for sure. sure. Yeah. That was a more of a run and gun mm -hmm. with a little bit of thoughtfulness put in there. But yeah. this is definitely the most thoughtful of the cooperative shooters, if that makes yeah. sense. But it also means you're going to need two people that are willing to play ball. The way they're supposed to be played. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't have that, this game would probably be a nightmare. So pass on you buying at full price. Mm -hmm. Pass on from me buying at full price. Get it in six weeks when it's like 40 bucks. And it probably will be. Yep. And or just $13 for one month of Game Pass. Mm -hmm. It's an easy recommendation. Um, you'll get your 13 hours of entertainment just out of that game easily. If you play it for just a day, you'll get... Tons of hours out of it. Um, and so it's probably worth it in that context, but paying full price for it, that's a pass from the both of us. It's time for Name That Game. For those of you who don't know what Name That Game is, maybe you're new, you're checking out our live stream for the first time ever. Um, name That Game, you try to beat Matt at naming a game. I give you clues, you try to, just try to figure out what the name of the game is. Um, you may say he has an advantage, he's sitting here with me. You have a huge advantage. You have Google, he does not. Um, you win all ties, so if he guesses the name of the game and I look over and it pops up in chat immediately thereafter, you guys get the win. If you beat Matt, you get a six-pack of Sifted stickers that we will ship anywhere in the world, literally anywhere. So it doesn't matter where you are right now or what time of day or night it is. If you win, name that game right now, we will send you the stickers. I promise. Um, and with that, it's time to get into it. I'm not sure if this one's easy or hard. I do think that my clues suck. Hmm. I could not come up with great clues for this game. So hopefully, like I said when we started this stream, bear with me a little bit today. I have had an insane workload to get through to get to this point today. Um, so here we go. Play the name that game jingle, courtesy of Sneaky Shala Snake. And we're ready for the first clue. Are you ready, Matt? Yeah. Let me get the, uh, the chat up on screen. So everyone can know we're on the up and up. And here comes the first clue. The ultimate comb over. The ultimate comb over. Hmm. Let's look at chat here. Pitfall. Nope. Half-Life 3. Nope. Leisure Suit Larry, that's a good pick. Leisure Suit Larry, no, that is a good one. <laughs> I like your name too, Sweet Cheeks Magoo. That's a great screen name. Leisure Suit Larry, no. Crash Bandicoot, no. Old Men, no. GTA 5, no. That's a good one too. Okay, it doesn't look like you guys are going to get it. I think you'll like that clue though once you figure out what the actual game is. Uncharted, no. That's a good one too. <laughs> okay, clue number two. It's great. 
no matter which time. Sorry, let me read that again. It's great no matter which time of day you play it. It's great no matter which time of day you play it. And the first clue was the ultimate comb over. Boktai. Not Boktai. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good good one too, though. That's a good guess. Uh, Again, the second clue is it's great no matter which time of day you play it. And the first clue was the ultimate comb over. Uh, Skyrim, no. MGS2, no. Terraria, no. Pokemon, no. Commander Fett guy, Bayonetta. Because she's she's covered in hair. Yep. The ultimate comb over. And then it's great no matter which time Mm. of day you play it. Which time. Um, The rest of the clues, (laughs) the next clue was Guns of Herb. Mm. Because you know her guns are called Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. The fourth clue was it wickedly weaves torture into the gameplay. Uh, the Wicked Weave is one of the moves, and then the Torture moves, there's another mm-hmm. one. And then the final clue was, instead of Beyonce, she is our Queen Bay, And mm-hmm. that would have given it away. Yeah. But that was good. Good job um, to get that. And it ties in with the comb part, because yep, exactly. Queen Bee. <laughs> queen um, Bee, Queen Bay. But Commander Fett, you won. Let me give you your well-deserved round of applause. Um, again, send me. Uh, you can send me a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Twitter. You can go at Shane at sifted.net. Um, there's a million ways to reach us. Just make sure that you give us your full real name and your full address. Make sure you include, if you're overseas, your province or any other important information, your zip code, your postal code, all that stuff. It'll make it much easier. Um, let's look at some of the other guesses. He's the only one who got it, by the way. Um, no Man's Sky, Mario Kart, Animal Crossing... It takes two, Dragon Warrior, Parappa, Death Stranding, Mario. You're the only one that got it. Hmm. People say good clues. I'm giving myself a round of applause for that <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll take any compliments I can get. I need them at this point. I'm frazzled with all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes here at Sifted. Um, okay. We'll do a couple questions before we break, before we do the Sifted Fantasy Draft for 2022. Um, uh, let's see. Here's one from Mike's Q. Oh, I meant to grab a beer with you during your layover, but my son, Jack Robin Ryder Novak. Is that really his name? Jack Robin Ryder Novak was born on the 4th, four minutes after getting to the hospital. Congratulations, nice. man. Actually, you deserve a round of applause for that. Especially since with a name like that, he is definitely going to be a space commander. <laughs> no doubt about it. He'll be in uh, Mass Effect 7 or something like that. Um, so congratulations. And I am sorry that we missed each other. I on for, He had sent me a message and I did see it, but I was basically on call trying to get on a flight. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't go anywhere because we were afraid at any minute that Alaska Airlines would call us and be like, okay, you're on this flight here in three hours. You need to get down to D.C., blah, blah, blah. So... I was basically just locked down at home for that entire time. JM Rain, thank you for gifting all those subs to the people who show up to watch the show live. That's amazing. Um, next question. One Supermaster Gamer, what do you guys think of the G4 controversy? Are you aware of what they're talking about? Uh, I imagine it's related to when, um, uh, uh, what's your name, uh, Froke? Yeah, it was about a rant uh, that she did, did about, about basically scumbag gamers. Yeah, being, being be women in gaming, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I stand with her. Yeah. It's it's bullcrap. I, I do uh, see some people's point about um, G4 being the platform for that is a little sketchy because, let's face it, we kind of, in the old days, sort of helped create that well, environment. Well, here's one thing I would say, Matt. I would not say we. 
Like I don't like if you go back and watch old episodes of X Play. Yeah, X Play didn't really. It's do that. pretty benign, and that's what we worked on. Right. I will agree. Attack of the show was typical lowbrow dude bro mm-hmm. TNA. I mean, it's content. true. A lot of the counter quote unquote counter arguments to her rant have been gifts from Attack of the Show. Right, and yeah. I can understand that, yeah. but. From my perspective, she's working on X-Play. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, I feel like it's comparing apples to oranges. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, But she made a good point. And it's funny because they're running into the same thing that we ran into when we created X-Play, which was people could never understand that it wasn't Adam and Morgan reviewing every game. Mm -hmm. So what's happening to her is that people are saying, oh, your opinion sucks. You don't want to know what you're talking about. While she's reading a script that somebody else Mm -hmm. wrote. And... Adam, who does the same thing, reads reviews and scripts that other people wrote because you don't have enough time to review everything. No. They give him a pass. They mm-hmm. don't say your opinion sucks. Even though the opinions are coming from other people, her contention is... The same is, people in a lot of right, cases. Her contention is, you're saying my opinion sucks because I'm a female. Mm-hmm. And she's probably right. Yeah. So those people can F off, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. And I know people are like, oh, you're going to lose your audience. Do you really want those people like as a part of your community? Yeah, and G4 has made it pretty clear that they don't. Yeah, so, so yeah. I mean, I, I understand the skepticism of it coming from G4 and that kind of thing. And G4, the new version of G4 does need to prove that they yeah. do stand behind her and do, yeah. uh, you know, I have no doubt that she believes what she's saying. I, I, be, I believe the other hosts when they say that they stand with her. I think she's completely correct. But, like... G4 as an entity needs to now prove that they are going to put their money where her mouth is. I think another thing, too, about working with talent is, and I don't want to blame anything on talent, but talent a lot of times get what they allow. So we worked on X-Play with Morgan. Mm -hmm. The stuff that they did on Attack of the Show, I would never even consider bringing that up to Morgan. No. I would have never dreamed of going to her and being like, hey, will you lick this PSP or like any of the other hyper-sexualized stuff that they did on Attack of the Show because she laid the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew her. I knew that there were things I would never suggest for her to do on camera. You just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of the hosts on Attack of the Show were more open to those ideas, and yeah. therefore it just happened. Well, also, the, the Attack of the Show is more uh, top-down about it. There's like, do this or we'll find someone who That's will. That's true. You That's know? true. Um, we were more of like a family working yeah. on X-Play. Whereas with like, you know, one, I know one of the more famous uh, reviews that still pops up now and again is the uh, the X3 re- review with all the cock stuff, the, the, the alien race and that oh, is called the Oh, yeah, the yeah, cock. I vaguely remember and that. I, I wrote a script that was just full of dick jokes. Like yeah. It's all, and Morgan was going to read it, and I remember going to her and saying like, you don't have to say anything in this script if you don't want to. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, change it however you want, cut whatever line, whatever you want. And to, to, to her credit, she read the whole thing. I'm like, I didn't think you were going to do some of these. I put a couple things in there that I thought you would say no to. So for buffer zone. Yeah, and, yeah. and she's like, no, it was all really funny. So, yeah. so I was read. And that was how that worked. But like, uh, no, that, that was definitely a, uh, a, 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 it's also a product of the time. Like it was just not a thing anybody talked about. Yep. And it worked out very, you know, there's a lot of women who worked at the old G4 who came out of it with uh, a lot of bad stories and a lot of bad experiences and, and some legitimate trauma. And um, I understand that they are not pleased to see someone saying that on the new G4 and not feeling like they, that the, the company is, has made enough of an effort to prove that they're different than their previous incarnation. Like that is a valid concern. I'm honestly not aware of any of, the stuff that you're talking about. Maybe I left before it got to where people were. Well, a lot of the people in question are were there after you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, we can only take one more because, again, we have so much more to get to on this stream before it's all said and done. Um, here's a good one from the best screen name. Sweet Cheeks McGoop. Have you ever had a reviewer not being able to finish a review because the game was too hard? What are the consequences? What do you do if you were assigned to review Elden Ring? Yes, I've had mm. people miss deadline before. But yeah. most times when they miss deadline, I had a suspicion that they were going to miss de deadline. Mm. Um, because either I, as an assigning editor, gave them too much and kind of knew that I had given them a little bit too much on their plate, or they had told me before that I'm not really good at these types of games, or I have a bunch of other assignments right now. It's going to be hard for me to fit it in. So as an assigning editor, I would often have a pretty good idea that they were going to come in late. Um, as far as the consequences are concerned, like if I know that and then they, in, in fact, do not get it in a time, there's no consequences at all. If a writer or a freelancer tells you that they're going to get it done, no problem, and you give it to them instead of somebody else, because a lot of times I would talk to a freelancer and be like, hey, I have someone else who can handle this. So if you're tight on time, you don't think you're going to be able to get to it. Just let me know and be honest with me so I can get it to somebody else. Because all that matters to me is that we get it up at embargo. And if they would basically lie to me and be like, no, no, I'm good. And then deadline comes and they're like, I need another day or two. The repercussions would be that they would be lower on the totem pole generally to give assignments to. Because it would just be at that point, like my ass is on the line to get the stuff done on deadline. With X-Play, it was really on the line. Mm -hmm. Because we had to create three episodes a week. And if my shit didn't come in, there was no content for episodes. It's all scheduled out like weeks in, in advance. So if you burn me, you're going to take a drop down on the totem pole. And like maybe you don't get an assignment for a little while. And when you do get an assignment, it's not one of the big games that you used to handle for our publication. So, And it's not vindictive. It's just covering your butt as an assigning editor. Like It's my butt in a sling if one of my guys don't come through. Um, and so if I felt like I could not trust somebody anymore, I'd slide them down and I'd slide up the person who told me they could hit the deadline and they did. It's just, it's very simple. It's nothing personal. It's like you oversold how much time you had to get the project done. You couldn't get it done. Now I'm the one paying the price. So um, when that happens, you just don't trust that writer as much as you used to and you act accordingly. Anything mm -hmm. to add to that? Um, not really. I mean, that didn't happen much. Also, like a lot of games didn't get finished when they got reviewed. Yeah, like which is not something I was thrilled about, but I did learn that over the course of a period of time, where like, people were, you know, especially the big JRPGs, like the reviews would come back and they'd give us, you know, often the reviewers would give us saves to like use to like capture yeah. footage, and I'm like, these saves are like 15 hours in, like they're not. And if that stuff near... happened too, like when I was there, like they would also drop down the totem pole. Yeah, but I don't mm -hmm. remember that happening too often when I was there, honestly, like because I... it, it was our our policy that you had to finish the games. It definitely was not for for a time. Yeah. Um, and uh, the one time I backed out of a review was Dragon uh, Demon Souls. Yeah, I think you I, mentioned that. before. Someone gave me that, yeah. gave me Demon Souls, and I I took it home for a day or a day or two or something, and I came, went <laughs> back and was like, I am not going to be able to finish. This. I'm not going to get through this. Like I can't. I don't know what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. So they gave it to a freelance. But again, that was one day later, three weeks from deadline. So yeah. it was different. It wasn't a problem in the end. Yeah. Um. It also no one cared. You know, like it, that was the other thing. It was like. It's weird to think about it now, but like no one gave a shit when Demon Souls review aired. Right. You know, <laughs> now was, they did. Now they back would. And now, it. You know, he's you know, mentioning you know, Elden Ring. The answer to that question is I would not accept an assignment to review Elden Ring. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't do either. that. I wouldn't either. You um, have to pay me a lot of money. Yeah. And I did. I mean, like I, I've said before, the the time I finally, if Dark Souls finally clicked with me was when I accepted uh, Adam actually offered, like asked me to review it for uh, Rev 3. 
and he's like, you're the only one I trust with this. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know why because I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I did take it on for yeah. him. So and like I remember there were a couple times like in that game where I was like, I'm never going to get there. How am like, I going to do, I gonna do yeah. But I just I played that for I played it all day for like a week and a half. Like I just went just. Oh, it's all I question, did. That's what you do. You yeah. just buckle down and you grind. And I think the I got paid like 125 bucks. You get it, <laughs> it done. Nothing. You to, yeah, it you get to stay up overnight. You do it. Yeah. that's just what you do. It's your reputation. And, and it all worked out okay. You know, more or less. I, I finally there was a point where I'm like, oh, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm glad I did it because it gave me one of my favorite uh, genre. You know, I don't know what you call it, like sub series. I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I count Bloodborne and Sekiro as kind of part of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sorry I did it, but that is that is a rare happy ending to that situation in a review freelance review situation. Yep, absolutely. Okay, that's going to do it for Game Face episode 285. Again, don't forget, if you watch the archive tomorrow, we'll have a whole extra section in this show uh, covering Rainbow Six Extraction. Thanks to everybody who hung out on the stream. Make sure you stick around because we're going to do our Sifted Video Game Fantasy Draft for 2022 right after. We're going to have about a five-minute break. Matt and I are going to hit the bathroom, maybe get a drink, um, but the stream is going to stay up. Um, so if you need to hit the bathroom or get a drink, you can do that as well. We'll be back in about five minutes. Um, if you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services, because it is on all of them, um, and you'd like to help us out, please head to patreon.com sifted. You can pledge as much or as little as you want. Every dollar matters to us. We really, really care about it. You're not just a number to us. Um, and if you can't help us financially, you can always just subscribe with Twitch Prime to our Twitch channel. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, that is down in the description. We could really use all your help. Again, our Patreon is the lowest it's ever been. It's down to like $3,700 right now. It's insane. Um, But we're trying to survive here. Uh, So every dollar makes a big difference for us, and we would really appreciate it. Literally, if you can just give us a dollar a month, if enough people do that, it could actually make a nice little bump in our revenue, and we'd really appreciate it. So again... Stream's going down for about five minutes, so stream's staying up for five minutes, but we'll be gone for five minutes. So hang around for our Sifted Video Game Fantasy League draft. Um, We'll see you in five minutes. Game Face is up and out.